Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Atlanta Falcons Nation on a Saturday afternoon, you know, and we haven't done this in a while, but this is a special episode for us, so, and we have a special guest, and we're going to go ahead and introduce him in a minute, but let's go ahead and let you guys come on and get in. I see you guys piling in a little bit. Leave a chat. Let us know that you're here with us. Um, we're excited for this show. Um, it's, you know, it's no football right about now, so what better way to do it and just talk about it some more? Because we're going to go through that drought where we're going to miss football. So I love talking it. So um, so let's go ahead and introduce ourselves for who are new watching us that don't know who we are at Atlanta Falcons Nation. I am Miss Maggie T. I am producer and co-owner of Atlanta Falcons Nation. And to my right, we have... Mr. <laughs> Jess <laughs> K. Styles. Just AKA the beer drinker. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and next to him, we have. <laughs> you have the one and only, the people's champ, the public defender. You got might call me Magnus, or you might refer to me as Mister. <laughs> so you the public defender still? I thought you had a different name lined up. Hey, listen. Hey, listen, you know, I got the belt, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, Matt Mike, he decided he, you know, I wanted to make you uh, the best for last. So go ahead, Mr. Mike, introduce yourself. Wow. Just like a woman to make me go last. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, man, it's the mad scientist, Matt Mike himself, man. Um, Man, I'm I'm actually excited about this. Uh, Will McFadden is actually one of the guys that I uh, I go to a news. So if you guys see any news that comes from me, more than likely it comes from Will McFadden, mm -hmm. the Orlando Ledbetter, and that's pretty much it. So that that's all for me. All right. So Will, this is I, I don't what we do here. We talk. We, it's real talk, real talk, and honesty, facts and truth. So. What you hear here is especially for our fans. You're gonna hear the fans speak nothing but the truth. And like I said before, um, all your news, anything that you plug from here, um, we're gonna see it. We're gonna see exactly that, man. We're gonna see exactly that. But um, introduce yourself. Let us know what you are all about, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, really happy to be on here. I'm I'm excited to be able to interact in kind of an environment like this. Uh, usually. A lot of the stuff I see is, is kind of on Twitter. It's it's a really one-way medium, yeah. uh, but it's awesome to get the opportunity to really hear, like you guys said, the facts and the truth. Uh, because having been in the building for so long, things mm -hmm. kind of get told through a certain prism. Um, and I grew up a Falcons fan. I grew up in Atlanta. So for the longest time, I was kind of exactly where you guys are and, and looking at it through through that lens. So I'm really excited to kind of get the opportunity to go back to that um, for this conversation and hopefully inform you guys as much as, as I can with any questions you guys might have that that is the benefit of having been in that building for, for four years. But on the flip side, I mean, it's a really exciting start of a new chapter for this organization and, and for this team. And I mean, what better way to, to start than just diving right in? Oh, definitely. Then that comes to our first question. Then um, we kind of got to get to know you. Well, we kind of heard about it Four years. You live in Atlanta. Always, you know, you've been a Falcons fan. But um, what inspired you to write, especially about the Atlanta Falcons? Or maybe, of course, you probably did some other journalism about other teams. But for, you know, what you currently had been doing, what inspired you to do that? Um, you know, it's really it's 
kind of a just an interesting story. I I just fell into it a little bit, you know, like, uh, I guess it's not that interesting, but um, I, it was something once, the more I did it, especially writing about sports um, in college, and like I said, growing up a fan of, of all sports, like that's the type of thing that naturally you just, you love to do is to talk and share your opinions and thoughts and everything with all other fans. You know, you want to have those debates, you want to engage with them and it's a real communal experience. And so I, I kind of learned that, through writing about all of this stuff, it it takes that conversation, you know, to another level because you're then really diving into this world and, and it could be things like, I remember writing uh, in college for, for a website and I was writing something about like the, the Kansas City Royals and like their GM was coming over to Atlanta or something. And I was doing all this research and how they built the Kansas City Royals and all this stuff. And it was opening my eyes to a totally different franchise and fan base and their conversations and the passion there. And so it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. Um, right after college, I went to the AJC, uh, started there with uh, Dog Nation and SEC Country, which were two new verticals that they were trying to launch. Oh, yeah. um, okay, I definitely know what that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they basically covered uh, college football. Um, you guys may actually know Chris Kirshner, who covers the yes. Atlanta Hawks for The Athletic. He and I were the first two employees uh, hired, hired for that. So, you know, I've known Chris for five, six years now. Um, but from that went to Saturday down South covered Georgia and Alabama football for their website. And then out of the blue one day, got a phone call from, you know, Matt to and he liked my resume, wanted to, to have a conversation. And, and that's it really the lucky way that I ended up, uh, being with the Atlanta Falcons for four years. And, and then in that job, you know, I just learned so much. I got to really live the the dream job for I'm sure a lot of people. Uh, and, and it was great. It was, I had a blast doing it. Okay. I'm excited about that story because um, I'm just now kind of new in the game as far as now, of course, sports has been my life as a female. Mm -hmm. um, it's just in, been embedded in me. I'm just a home team person. You know, we don't find that in Atlanta too often, but I talk about the Hawks, Braves, um, the Thrashers when they we had a team like you know um, um, faithfully you know religious religiously I couldn't even get the word out but um, why not do it as a a career so it's it's not a job for me to talk about you know these teams and things like that's what me and Mike do we well and K Styles we talk about all teams and you know and so not just for Atlanta Falcons we do have our own individual channels that we talk about the team so to mm -hmm. me it, I enjoy it just like you said you enjoy it so. That's an inspiration. You got anything to say? I saw somebody had a hand up or something. Nobody. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the next question. You want to go ahead and get this case styles? Let me go ahead and put that one up. So we kind of got your life a little bit. Um, no, that's not that one. And now we're going to go ahead and get right into the Falcons question since we heard a little bit about you. So go ahead, case styles. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, what's going on with you, man? You doing all right? Right? You you good with us right now, man? <laughs> Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> hey, hey, there you go. That's what I wanted to hear. So, <laughs> as you know, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. How you feel about that, man? Um, I I think it's, I think it's the move that they wanted. I, I think the Falcons got the guys they like. Um, it seems a little bit like a, a differences thing with the head coach which oftentimes they are, you know, you go, you swing on the pendulum. Uh, they, they had a really gregarious uh, personality driven defensive player coach. 
Now they've gone with a little bit more of the studious uh, X's and O's offensive yeah. mind who's going to be the play caller. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that, how that works out. I think that's the way that the, the league is trending. Certainly, I, I think it's a big plus that, you know, something that always happens in the NFL, and it happened here in Atlanta, and fans are very aware of that, is because offense has never been more valuable, it is, frankly, the side of the ball where you're going to kind of win or lose uh, the bulk of your season. If you have a really good offensive play caller as a coordinator – they're going to get a head coaching look. You know, if you've got Kyle Shanahan on your roster, that is extremely valuable, but then he's going to get hired away because he's so good at his job. So you're seeing more and more around the league, people want their head coach to also be their play caller. So that's a huge plus. I think Terry Fontenot, I mean, the one conversation that I had with him, uh, he, that dude lights up a room. Um, he's, oh, he's, yeah, I've seen that. Wow. you know, he, I like he, I like him. I've never seen as friendly a uh, an Atlanta Falcons, you know, media press conference as as I did in his opener because he was just he told stories. You asked him questions and he came back with stories. And mm-hmm. which speaks to me like I think he's a very intelligent person. I think he's a very grounded individual. You know, he brought his his family on screen. Oh, I love that. It was yeah. it was phenomenal, right? And mm-hmm. I think that what will be really interesting to, to watch with him is he's obviously seen firsthand how the Saints have navigated their really tight, tricky cap situation over the past you know five, six years. But crucially, he's also comes from a pro personnel background. So he's been, you know, when they bring in guys like Demario Davis uh, and guys like that who have had success and become kind of pro bowlers with the Saints organization, that's something the Falcons haven't had in in recent years. They haven't had that mix of, drafting talent and bringing in proven veteran players to supplement that draft capital. And I think that's the mix that they really want to have here in Atlanta. And so I think that, I think that Terry Fontenot will bring that. And I think that Arthur Smith has done a really good job on in kind of surrounding himself offensively with some young minds, but defensively with veteran coaches. And he can kind of worry about one side of the ball and he can let Dean Pease and those guys cook on the other side of the ball. You know, and I want to add to the point where I heard in those press conferences, accountability, accountability yep. was like the main word I heard. And I that was just like, OK, because the big thing is the culture of the Atlanta Falcons team right about now. And I think that word right there was just I just heard that throughout everybody's press conference speech um, as far as whoever it was, even um, Dean Pease. It mm-hmm. was that. So I'm I'm excited to see just. What this, you know, these veteran coaches coming in, you know, people that's actually new for the first time doing this. It's going to be interesting to see how this kind of comes together. I see you, big low country sports. <laughs> that's one of our AFN um, crew members as well. Big country sports. You guys go ahead and subscribe to him as well. But, yeah, I'm excited about it. Anybody else want to add to that? I, I want to add to that and kind of something that, that piqued my interest is what you're saying is that the, the veteran um, not only with the coaching staff, but as far as the players, is, is there uh, a feeling as far as you're concerned is that the Falcons want to bring, um, because when you look at the Atlanta Falcons staff, like not just the, the coaching staff, but the players, like they didn't have a lot of guys, especially as players, they didn't have a lot of veteran players. They went with a lot of young guys and a guy like Ricardo Allen, who's is a mature, he, he's, he, he's incredibly talented and, um, do you feel is that that the Falcons are going towards that 
you know that like like that trend of bringing in not only veteran coaches um, with experience, um, but do you think they're going towards it like as far as uh, players are concerned? Um, well, first off, you know Ricardo Allen is is one of my favorite people in the world. He was always incredibly smart. Um, you know, I, one of my favorite stories from I think past off season, maybe two off seasons ago, was that while he was yeah two off seasons because he was rehabbing from his injury. So he wanted to spend time in the quarterback room and, and basically learn to see the game through the eyes of, of a quarterback. It takes a special type of individual to dedicate their free time when they can be at home playing video games <laughs> to yeah. basically say, you know, no, let me sit in here. Even though I'm not on the field, I want to learn how you guys see this because it'll make me a better player. Um, so I think that what you're going to see this offseason is and it, it all really depends on not only what is their goal for 2021, but what is their goal for 2022 and 2023? Because the decisions that they make regarding the roster will tell a lot and answer that question. If, if they start kind of parting ways with some of these guys like James Carpenter, like Alan Bailey to free up the cap space, which they're going to, I think, frankly have to do anyway. I mean, the math, the math just, doesn't work out. I think as much as I would hate it, as much as I think a lot of people would hate it, Ricardo Allen kind of finds himself in that situation where they can save a lot of money by letting him go. And even by making all of those moves, even probably by restructuring some contracts, they're not going to be in a position free agency wise to bring in some of these top tier players. So I do think what you will see is them maybe go that veteran route where for two reasons, financially, but also to set a culture in the locker room. You know, they talk about that accountability. Yeah. They're going to want to bring in guys who these coaches know, who maybe they've worked with. And when you bring in players like that, and I, I think back to 2015, you know, Dan Quinn's first year, when they brought in guys like Brooks Reed, when they brought in Adrian Claiborne, when they brought in, you know, Justin Durant and, and players like that on two to three year deals, short term deals, they're not, you know, the building blocks of the organization but they come in to set the tone for the rest of the guys. So I think you're going to see, see players brought in, you know, maybe veteran minimum and they know coming in, Hey, your role is really to your, your most important focus should be in the locker room. It should be out on the practice field. And you're going to have to get our younger guys. Cause they're going to have to draft really well. Those guys are going to have to play big roles in 2021, but you're going to need that player leadership yes. to really help bring those guys along. So that in 2022 and 2023, you kind of get away from some of those veteran stopgap guys, but the culture has been ingrained in the younger guys that now need to really take on those starting level roles and be superstars moving forward. I think that's what you're going to see now, whether they determine some of the veteran players in the locker room are the right guys to do that. And I'm not talking about the Jake Matthews of the world or, or Julio and Matt, like the, those guys are still the core players, but you know, I, I think, um, I think Ricardo's an interesting, interesting person in that conversation. I think, uh, you know, like Josh Harris, a long snapper. He's been in Atlanta his entire career. He's he's a veteran. He grew up here. He he's from Atlanta. Like, do they think he's somebody who, in the locker room, is still a valuable voice? Like those types of of guys. And it's a really good question. It's something that I'm curious to see and and just see from the outside. How do they go about building this roster? Because I, I think I think there's a good chance that whatever we see in 2021 isn't necessarily the plan for 2022 and 2023. Exactly. But we still want to 
put a good product out on the field this year. Um, but it's going to be a tight wire uh, walking act. Okay. And uh, Magnus, I'm going to go ahead and put up the next question since, you know, I'm going to go ahead and let him get this question right here for you since you already kind of <laughs> spoke about Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know, um, let me preface my statement, Will, by saying this. Um, you might see a little split in the comments after I read this question. You know, we always... <laughs> It's always been something around, you know, number two. You know, <laughs> so. yeah, it's a taboo, taboo topic, Matt Ryan. So you're gonna see yeah. some mixed reactions in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones confirmed to be staying for 2021, what should the Falcons realistically do at four? Here we go. Um, <laughs> I mean, I so that's the question, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, the question. that's the question. That question. Yeah. I, yeah. So, all right. I, there are realistically three answers to this, um, which I'm, uh, you know, to sow even more division. Uh, let's let's break them all down. The first and probably the most obvious and controversial is is quarterback at four. Um, this is probably as as uh, loaded a first round quarterback class as we've seen in a while. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe thinking back to like the Baker Mayfield class where, where you also had, um, you know, a, a number of different guys vying for that, that number one spot. And then later on down the draft, certainly that didn't work out with everybody like Josh Rosen, perfect example there, but that's traditionally what you see in, in any first round is it's kind of a 50% hit rate. Now that there seems to be at least four guys in this discussion, uh, including Trey Lance. If you like Mac Jones, I'm not a huge fan personally, but he could slip in there in, in the late round. You could see as many as five guys go, but in the top three to four, certainly the big names, Trevor Lawrence, he's probably off the board at number one, Zach Wilson seems to be getting a lot of pre-draft hype and, and probably deservedly. So I, I watched his film recently and I was, I was impressed, uh, <laughs> He seems like the perfect person where if you let him learn for a year, he becomes a much better player. And I think wherever he lands, year one to year two, you're going to see a lot of growth from him in a really positive direction, but you can't teach the type of talent that he has. And I like that. Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Those are the other two guys. Now I've seen Trey Lance. Some people have him ahead of Justin Fields. Some people have, have Justin Fields, you know, ahead of Zach Wilson at number two. Incredibly, uh, Fields, incredibly uh, accomplished at the college level, but we've seen Ohio state have a lot of success with a variety of quarterbacks and that doesn't necessarily translate. So what do you, what do you see from Justin Fields? Is it a scheme thing? Is, is it a talent thing? He's incredibly talented, athletically gifted, uh, has a big arm, can make accurate throws. Uh, he's also kind of the biggest question mark though, it, because that you just can't answer that scheme side of it. And what is he going to look like in the NFL? Trey Lance Another huge question mark, kind of for the same reasons. Really athletically gifted, kind of reminds you of, of a Cam Newton a little bit um, in, in his running ability. Even a little Josh Allen uh, to, his, to his name, just a bigger physical quarterback. Uh, good arm, makes accurate throws, but obviously the level of competition there. So could the Falcons take any of those guys at four? Possibly. The other thing to factor into this is what does the quarterback situation look like next year, the year after that? Because... Even if they view Matt Ryan as the short-term answer, if there's not really a true successor in the 2022 draft or the 2023 draft, 
or even if those classes aren't as good as the one right now, you may not get this chance again. So I wouldn't look at that as a, an indictment of, of what they think of Matt Ryan, because I know that they think the world of Matt Ryan. It might just make the most sense to Some. take a guy that you <laughs> right now instead of, <laughs> instead of trying to trying to wait and hope you're in a situation like this again. Um, the other, so number two for that would be just take the best player available. Let's say there's a run of quarterbacks, one, two, and three, and you're not sold on Trey Lance, who's the only quarterback left there. Take the best player available. If you've got Panay Sewell, who is a 19-year-old, won the college football award for the best offensive lineman in the country at 19, and it is incredibly athletically gifted and talented, you can lock him up and he could be your, your left tackle for the next 15, 20 years. And, and Terry Fano said they like the best player available approach, which I know made a lot of Falcons fans happy. If they view him as the best player available, they could sit there and take him. They could take Micah Parsons. They could take one of these receivers, even though I that might raise some questions of its own. But I do think that uh, Jamar Chase is incredibly gifted. And I think uh, Devontae Smith is, is also incredible. Like those two guys would be the best receiver coming out in, in pretty much any other year. I don't know what they would, what they would do in that situation. The third option and probably the one that I would go with is try to find a partner to trade back. And they're going to need, like I said, with the cap restraints, they're going to need some, some guys to build up this 53 man roster because they're going to have to cut some to get underneath the cap. They're not going to have a lot of money to spend to get that number back to 53. You got to draft some guys. So if, if I was there and there wasn't a quarterback that I was in love with at four, and, and I didn't think that there were, was a future Hall of Famer in, in this class at four, I would try to maybe trade back into the middle of the draft and, and pick up two or three picks uh, is what I would do. And that's, I love that's how this I feel. I, I, I love, love this it. guy. I, I love <laughs> you. Know, I, you said everything that we've been talking about. I absolutely love everything that you just said right there. You spoke everything that we've been speaking. The money, the financial situation just does not make sense for Atlanta Falcons. That's what we're talking about. It's, it's all about finance. I don't care about – I think I truly believe that if anybody were perfect for what the Falcons need, um, if they had the money, if it wasn't a cap issue, I think Zach Wilson would be the perfect uh, quarterback for what we um, need as far as like – Matt Ryan. We don't know if Matt Ryan is going to play two years, four years, five years. We don't know at this point. And having a guy like Zach Wilson, um, who has that ability, like he, he's a, I wouldn't necessarily say a mobile quarterback. He, he does okay. Um, I think he compares to me personally as far as his athleticism. He compares to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is not necessarily a mobile quarterback. He's not necessarily a pocket quarterback. He he's does what he Right, right. So I think he's the absolute perfect. So I, like everything that you said, I absolutely agree with. All yeah. right. Go ahead. Going to put, put three dollars in that collection plate for that speech, right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what we've been preaching. You know, I, I absolutely enjoyed that. So let's go ahead and get into the next question, though. Um, and I, I guess that's on you, Matt, Mike, since. Um, we already kind of got into the Matt Ryan talk just a little bit. All right. So let's go ahead and get in. Yeah. And that went well. It wasn't a lot of mixed reviews on that one, but yeah. um, <laughs> let's get into this one. 
Oh, they gonna they gonna they gonna wait till later on to come out. <laughs> oh, they coming. Oh, you coming? And that's one right um, there, right? Okay. Um, mine's just a slight bit. Um, okay, here we go. Just a slight bit uh, delayed a little bit. Have you heard of any potential restructures that could re relieve relieve relieve? Why well, I can say relieve? Right? Relieve some cap stress for the Atlanta Falcons. As far as just um just the cap straight uh, the cap restructures, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, um Dion Dion Jones, um Grady Jarrett, those guys could quite possibly um who do you see as far as those four guys? Maybe even uh Jake Matthews. You can kind of throw Jake Matthews in there also as far as cap uh restructuring their contract to kind of get some cap relief. Who do you feel as though out of those five guys um, who will more likely be the case for, you know, a restructure. All right. So now we're, now we're talking here. Um, I've, I've probably spent more time uh, the past two days on um, Spotrack and, and over the cap.com uh, just trying to figure all of this out because it's while those sites don't have the true accurate numbers, it's it fairly close. close. I mean, it, it's the best, uh, it's the best chance to, to kind of see how everything breaks down. Um, I'll start. I'll start with Matt and Julio. I guess the the thing with with both of those guys. Let's we'll start with Matt. So Matt has traditionally done some of the the restructuring to give a little bit of cap relief uh, in the past. I mean, he's got a very big signing bonus, which is prorated out through the life of the deal, and that's where the bulk of his cap hit comes from. You can cut that down a little bit by transferring some of that money into a roster bonus, which you can pay, but you have to pay that cash on hand immediately. And that will knock some of that prorated signing bonus down, which gives you a little bit of, of relief there. But his base salary is not really that high. So, and, and a restructure again, the, the cap hit is big this year. Next year is the chance for you to kind of get out from that deal. So, kind of going all the way back to the beginning, it's what are the te- what does this organization want to do, not just for 2021, but for 2022, 2023? Because if their future plans don't involve Matt Ryan, a short-term restructure here doesn't make a ton of sense outside of maybe converting some of that to a roster bonus, which you know maybe Matt's a, a fan of because he'd get a little bit of that money up front. And if the team's going to move on from him, he'll still probably make a little bit more than, than he would. Uh, he may also be open to a little bit of a restructure, but you're then bumping up that money next year, which is going to make it maybe a little bit harder to, to move him or, you know, just let him go. Uh, Because right now his, his contract's very prohibitive. Now you can make a little bit of money back next year. Even if you just decide to release him, if you can't find a trade partner, the Julio side of everything is a totally different animal because virtually all of his contract is guaranteed money. So he doesn't really have any incentive to come to the table and try to work out a deal because if, if he just kind of stands pat, he's making all of that money anyway. If he comes and they work out a deal to bump his stuff down this year and then they move on from him next year, he might not see all of that money. So the way that his contract is set up, he's good with. Um, and even then, there's not a ton that the team could do to to free up some cap space with those two guys. 
what what you're really looking at is, you know, three players uh, who, if if you release these three, you'll save around I think 15 million in cap space, and that you know that is Ricardo Allen, Allen Bailey, and James Carpenter. Those three seem like logical cuts uh, to me on paper. Jake Matthews probably is not a a great candidate to restructure his deal because his signing bonus is already so high. It's about like $7 million a year. And what are your long-term plans with Jake Matthews? The guys that you're really going to look to maybe restructure their deals are the guys that you foresee maybe being part of a, a quarter bill around over the next three to five years. So those two that make the most sense are Grady, Jarrett, and Deion Jones. Um, you know, I want to add to that Jake Matthews. I think – no, that was Alex Mack. I'll take that back. He That was <laughs> Alex Mack talking about he's interested – well, he, it looks good for the 49ers, so that's a different player. I, I saw I that as well. And that makes yeah. sense. He's a California boy. <laughs> Go back and play with Kyle. Um, but but Deion and Grady probably make the most sense. Uh, Grady especially because his cap – his dead cap next year is so small – that he may, that it could be a situation where like the team to save a lot of cap space next year potentially could move on from Grady Jarrett. That's the way his deals worked out. So if, if he, he may want to come to the table and say, let's restructure, free up a little bit of cap space this year, bump that maybe to next year where it doesn't make me as easy to move. Um, and then Deion Jones is the same way, but what's so tricky, the reason the Falcons cap situation is, is so weird and bizarre is because you have five players whose cap hit this year is over $18 million. You only have 10 total whose cap hit, like nine total whose cap hit is over $5 million. So it drops, it just goes off a cliff. You're paying the top five guys so much money that there's really nothing else for you to do with, with anybody else. And they can't really move on from any of those five guys. You know, Dante Fowler is in that mix. And... You know, the so it's it's Julio, it's Matt, it's Jake Matthews, it's Dante Fowler, and it's Grady. Um, those are, are the top five. But then outside of that, like I said, the guys that they're looking could potentially move on from, there just aren't a lot of guys that fall into that category where you could say, like the Saints, you're probably going to see them releasing a lot of players, but they may have worked those deals out knowing that the time bomb that was Drew Brees' retirement was going to hit and they weren't going to be able to do anything about it. So they gave themselves probably some outs this year, next year, depending on whenever he was going to retire, where they could release these guys and get that money back. This, the Falcons don't have a ton of options to do that. So outside of restructuring, maybe Grady and Dion, and they could, they could restructure some of the other deals, but it's just, again, kind of kicking the can down the road. The, the question is, do we take a hit this year, call 2021, not a wash, but it, it just know that we're going to really be strapped and, and probably bare bones a little bit from a roster standpoint. Yeah. But then in 2022, 2023, we're in a much better financial situation to really do what they want to do. Or do they still try to scrap everything together, maybe take a hit in 2022 as well to at least put something together for 2021 and 2022. I mean, that's really where it's at, but there's not a ton of, of options, honestly. I, Again, people smarter than me are working on all of this stuff. So maybe, they, maybe they've got something. And you, you, can always, you can always figure out some things with the cap, but again, only to some extent. I mean, the numbers are what they are, and, and you can only manipulate them so much. 
And we have a question right here from Robert Bennett. I have a question. Would it make financial sense to extend Grady and Debo to clear money now? Um, it, it could potentially, whether you could probably knock their money down um, this year and, and maybe even next year. But A, does, does the staff that's in place, do they really truly see those guys as long-term uh, right. parts of this team? You know, if Dean Pease really wants to maybe move into more of a three-man front, is Grady Jarrett the right type of player for that? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. I mean, he's more of a one-gap penetrating defensive tackle. So mm-hmm. could, could he play on the end? Could he be a three technique? Probably in, in that thing. But does he hold up against the run and can he play two-gap? Uh, Deion Jones, you know, if they go to a four-linebacker thing, is, is he a good enough pass rusher where he could play off the edge? Is he big enough to be more of an inside linebacker? Maybe. That's the type of conversation that they're having. But as far as the restructuring of the contract, I'm sure that could be talked about extending those guys you know, again, that, that could, that could work, but does it make sense for them to add extra years onto a deal and make similar money to what they're doing now, as opposed to maybe hitting free agency and landing a bigger deal from a player standpoint that may not, and their agents may not want them to come to the table just to say, Hey, if we tack on two extra, two extra years. uh, And frankly, that doesn't even really impact the current years on their deal. A lot of times those are just added on years uh, and, and their contract doesn't really take effect until 2023, 2024, whenever the new extension kicks in and the, and the same deal is in place up until then. So the restructuring standpoint makes sense, but the extension, while it would maybe the whole overall number of the deal would change, the year to year breakdown doesn't really change all that much. And you know what? You going into our next question. You brought up free agency, so I'll go ahead and get that one up here. Any potential free agents you would like to see come to Atlanta? Oh, I'd like to see a lot, but uh, whether <laughs> whether or not uh, whether or not they will, uh, that's an entirely different question. Because, like I said, it it just I mean, financially, I would be I would be surprised if they're able to land like one mid tier guy. I, I mean. I really think it's going to be a lot of a lot of players who are probably in their 30s or in their 20s with some injury questions who these coaches know. They know them personally. They're coming in here to set the culture. They're coming in here, you know, to maybe do one or two things really well. Or at the flip side, you know, they're young, they've got potential, but they've got injury question marks. And so other teams are maybe skittish. Their price tag is much lower. But maybe if they if everything falls right, you view them as part of the future of this team. Um, it, it would be somebody like Shaq Barrett, who I know has become a f- tremendous player in oh. Tampa Bay. But when when he kind of went to Tampa Bay, it was on a prove it deal. It was on a on a situation where they didn't know what they were getting. It was the perfect match between coordinator and and player, and it worked out for all parties involved. But I think you're going to see some more of those types of moves where it's like, really, they're going after this guy. They have so many more problems. Like what is this guy going to do to help? And it's, it's less that they don't want to fill any of these, these gaps that they don't want to plug any of these holes and, and make the overall overall roster better. It probably is more internal than anything else. You're going to see a lot more locker room moves, I think, than, than on the field moves. That being said, uh, I, I did write down like a couple of, 
of things because uh, you're. I think you're going to see more stuff on the defense oh, than yeah. than on the offense because that's where the biggest transition is going to take place. Now, a thing that I really liked that both Arthur Smith and Dean Pease said a lot was that they will match their scheme to what the players do best. And that seems kind of common, but a big thing that we saw over kind of like the previous five years was they had a template that they wanted to utilize. They wanted to find players that fit that scheme. Um, so Dean P saying he wants to be multiple, but that he's going to tailor things to what his players do well probably means that he knows the type of exact defense that he wants. He's going to want versatile players, but in the interim, what does Deion Jones do best? What does Foyer do best? You know, what does AJ Terrell do really well? Like he's going to tailor his stuff to the players on hand while also probably bringing in some guys for what he ultimately wants to do in year two and year three. That's why I think we're going to see situations, probably the safety position. Uh, if you're, he traditionally is liked the cover two, cover four. Look, obviously the safeties in Atlanta were more cover one, cover three, uh, a box safety, a center fielder. That also couples with the fact that Keanu Neal is free agent. DeMonte KZ is a free agent and Ricardo Allen, you know, is a big cap number for you to potentially save that money on. So, I could see them retooling that position a, a lot. And uh, Jaquiski Tart out, out at San Francisco um, is a guy that Pro Football Focus had his kind of projected contract a little bit lower. Uh, Malik Hooker at Indianapolis, uh, good player, highly rated draft player, but injury <laughs> history. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Um, but he's got he's got big injury question marks, uh, which probably drives his price tag down. He does have experience playing in cover two, and he was in the AFC South, so there's connections there. That's kind of what you've got to look for when you're looking at all right, what are the pieces that they could do? Another big obvious connection here: Daquan Jones on the defensive line. You're going to have to slowly start to transition your defensive line if you want to be multiple, because these guys were very much clearly one gap penetrating defenders that they wanted on their defensive line. If you're going to switch that around. They don't have those two gap players uh, on the roster right now. So Daquan Jones has some experience doing that at Tennessee with Dean Pease. Um, Derek Wolf uh, in Baltimore. Dean Pease says he really liked kind of the Baltimore defenders, some of the Pittsburgh defenders, things like that. So look for players who are maybe a little older in their, in their careers. They're veterans, um, but there's a connection to this coaching staff or the coaching staff, you know, has admired them from afar, but, Again, I don't think this is going to be a year where you're getting the big name uh, or even like a, a Todd Gurley level uh, signing. Okay. Okay. We'll go ahead and get into, let's see, a couple <laughs> comments here. Um, Shaq Barrett price tag will be 17 to 18 million per year. That's a fact. Um, <laughs> yep. I've seen a comment earlier about you, know, you need to join Atlanta Falcons Nation. <laughs> I saw that earlier today. So we're putting it out there for you, definitely. <laughs> Um, but let's go ahead and get into the next question here. We're moving right along. So we already kind of talked about the free agency. So this is on UK Styles. Um, here you are. Hey. <laughs> Three four is back. <laughs> hey. So what so what so so what you think about what you think about the schemes coming coming to Atlanta? Like you said, we got the three four and we got the zone block and come back. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm I'm curious how quickly it's a three four. 
uh, for all of the the reasons just kind of that I mentioned. Uh, the personnel on hand, how much can you truly tweak that in year one, given the financial limitations? But what makes that easier is somebody like Michael Walker. And I saw somebody just in the comments kind of bring that up. He's the Swiss Army knife. What he did at Fresno State was pretty much play that hybrid defensive end linebacker position. If DNP sees that, you know, and, and we know Dante Fowler can do kind of the same thing. All of a sudden, you could have a very athletic interior with Dion Foyer while also having your two primary pass rushers in Michael Walker and Dante Fowler. So that seems tailor-made to be a 3-4. The question is, you know, Marlon Davidson, Grady Jarrett, are they 3-4 defensive ends? They're certainly not nose tackles. I mean, so what, what can you do? Now, fortunately, that's probably a cheaper free agent signing than most other positions. There aren't a ton of teams that run a 3-4, and those guys aren't really valued for their pass rush potential. They're bigger run-stuffing guys. So, you know, perhaps you could, you, could get, you could probably draft somebody in the third or fourth round with that role in mind. So that potentially could be done fairly, fairly easily. I do like the multiple aspect. I'm not a huge fan, despite, you know, Todd Bowles' noted blitzer. What he did so well in the Super Bowl was not blitz. He did the simulated pressure things, which is something that that I think Raheem Morris, Jeff Holbrook really tried to do a lot. I think Dan Quinn did at times as well, where it's you're really only bringing Forby. You're giving the appearance of blitzing because they're coming from various spots on the field. You're not always bringing the same four. And so you're trying to confuse the quarterback after the snap. I don't know right now if the Falcons have the best personnel in the secondary to be able to withstand, you know, Blitzing, if you're going to be in man coverage, it, do you do you really trust maybe Isaiah Oliver in that role? If if somebody's going deep downfield, do you have the safety play to really give somebody help on the boundary? Maybe. I don't know. But the multiple thing I like, because I think the most creative, and he has said it, he will make it simpler in the secondary and more complex up front. And I think that's the right approach. You know, those guys don't have to do as much. Uh, and especially when you've got coverage linebackers to the uh, – capacity of, of Dion and Foyer, that makes it a little bit easier to probably get complicated because those guys can maybe take some stuff away in the middle of the field. So from a defensive side, it'll be interesting. It'll be certainly a, a break from what they've been doing. Uh, the personnel is really just the biggest question mark as to how well that can be executed in year one. But I like that they've got a veteran staff. I think they're going to hit the ground running. I know that Dean Pease and Arthur Smith have a great relationship and that they always seek to not only test each other in practice during the weeks, but um, you know, I, I read that what they would do is, Hey, I know that this isn't anything that we do. I need you to give me this look in practice for a few reps because my guys need to see this. And some coaches are more willing to do that than others. You know, some coaches are saying I need to get my guys ready. So we need to run what we need to run and all of this stuff. But those two having that relationship in the past, have done that. And that should make the entire team better because you're coming into the week, having seen a lot of different looks that you expect to see on Sunday from an offensive standpoint. I just love, I love that Arthur Smith said, you know, we're going to, we're going to fit the scheme to the players. I do think it's going to be based in that like Kyle Shanahan, uh, Matt LaFleur outside zone, but it's all about how you coach that. And one of the best things that I, that I, liked when I was doing some research is the offensive line coach and the running backs coach have a history together. They were both on the North Carolina state staff for four to five years. 
that pairing is so crucial from a coaching standpoint. And it's one of the reasons why Kyle Shanahan has brought Bobby Turner with him every step of the way. It's one thing to be able to block something correctly. Your running backs have to know what they're looking for. They have to be totally in sync. It's like a running back and a quarterback on a handoff, on a play action. They have to know where they're going to be without even looking at what the quarterback's doing because you're focused on what you're doing. So I think that one of the biggest probably indictments offensively over the past couple of seasons was, you know, the coaching of the run game because it it certainly wasn't it, it kind of didn't matter who you were putting back there. There just weren't the holes that were opened when Kyle Shanahan was here. And even when um, Sark, Sark was here, sorry, I was blanking on the name. Um, <laughs> I know, it's been a so I, that, that's something that I think is going to be very valuable because we saw the success that Arthur Smith had with the run game in Tennessee. Everything stemmed from that. And then finally the creativity in the red zone that, that comes from creativity that comes from knowing what your players can do incredibly well and putting them in position to highlight that skill. Arthur Smith had success in his two seasons as an offensive coordinator, number one in the league in 2019, number two in the league in 2020. He's proven he can do it. I I like the fact that he could bring that here because that's an area that the team has struggled in 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 recent seasons. So yeah, I, I like from a schematic standpoint, I think they're at least saying all the right things. Uh, can they execute it on the field? And, and that ultimately happens during the week. It's cliche, but the the connection between Arthur Smith and Dean Pease gives me confidence that they'll oh, get yeah. off to the right start. I'm excited about that. I definitely am. Um, I think I had a question in the chat. And then, guys, if you guys have anything, you want to go ahead um, and we'll get to that question after that. You can go ahead, um, Magnus. Yeah, I was going to um, piggyback off of what Will said. And um, a lot of uh, fans believe that you know, because of where Arthur Smith is coming from and the running game, and they believe that we need to have like a Derrick Henry type. So I'm trying to think, like, you believe that we need to free Quadri? Because a lot of us have been waiting for to be, uh, you know, maybe like the lead back. You know, do you believe that you need somebody like that big, or do you need, like, you can put anybody back there to be able to uh, – have success. I Todd Gurley wanted to, you know, come back. So what's your thoughts on that? Um, so I, I actually, I asked Arthur Smith, um, you know, that during his introductory press conference and it, it led to probably the best quote, which was, you know, um, something along the lines of, of like Derrick Henry with Shaq, you know, there's only one Shaq <laughs> in the NBA. Um, and I think he's right about that. Uh, obviously he saw Derrick Henry up close and, and, got to work with him every day. He knows that guys like that just aren't thrown on trees. So it's really hard to sit there and say, well, we just need to get our own Derrick Henry. There's 31 other teams around the league that are like, well, why don't we just get our own Derrick Henry? They just don't exist. Um, But I think it's notable that kind of prior to Arthur Smith really taking over as the play caller, Derrick Henry wasn't, he was the physical presence, but he wasn't the productive running back that he became with Arthur Smith. And I think that kind of ties back to a lot of this stuff happens up front. The reason that the 49ers are so frustrating for every fantasy football owner in the world is because they can kind of put any running back back there. The scheme is such, and it's coached to a way, and the offensive line blocks it so well that any of those guys could rip off a 15-yard run on any given play. So when you've got Derrick Henry, that 15 yard run turns into a 55 yard run, but there are a lot of running backs that can do that. So no, I don't think, and and Arthur Smith said they don't necessarily need to go try to find their own Derrick Henry. 
if they have to do it by running back by committee, they'll do that. You know, if they think that they can find somebody in free agent, like James Conner is going to be a free agent. You know, could you get similar physical like qualities? Yes. James Conner does still have some injury questions, um, but at his best, he's a really good player and he's still young. I mean, it, he could be your number one back with a little bit of help, you know, and, and then you rotate in guys like Edo Smith and, and things like that. Ryan Hill has some physical qualities. You know, he's he's tall. He runs hard. Uh, I mean, so the name brand isn't necessarily what I would look at as the most important thing. It's how well do, do they fit the scheme? Tevin Coleman's the perfect outside zone runner because he has such good one cut and home run ability. Now, he also probably leads the league in getting tackled by the safety 40 yards down the field. <laughs> Because he's not a very agile runner, but he did that one thing really well, and that's what you got to look for. Um, so I don't think they need, and I don't think they think that they need their own Derrick Henry. They they just need to figure out the best thing for the Atlanta Falcons run game because Derrick Henry is the best thing for the Tennessee Titans run game because he is the Tennessee Titans run game. They don't have that luxury. They've got to figure out how to just make the best Atlanta Falcons run game, uh, whether that's by committee or whether they do think they need a one, one player who can touch the ball 25 times, then, then they'll go ra- that route. But there aren't too many of those players in the league right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyone else had a question? Because I uh, was going to get to the chat as well. But anybody else had something? Go now ahead, Styles. No. All right. So yeah. with DPs and Arthur Smith in here, how many fights do you think going to happen in practice? oh oh man um i don't know uh hopefully uh hopefully a couple you know those aren't ever ever a a bad thing especially so when uh, the reason accountability is so important and you kind of brought up um accountability is is a really big talking point during their their press conferences because they there wasn't the quote or the soundbite of fast and physical that there was, you know, kind of during DQ's opening thing. But I think you could say accountability was certainly the theme of the introductory week with, with the coaches and, and with uh, Terry Fontenot. And I think that it's important not only just to preach the accountability, but to practice every single day that accountability. I, I would say that I think one of the faults kind of in the later years of the DQ era was, all right, you're going to preach competition. You're going to say iron sharpens iron, but when players aren't necessarily performing to the level that you expect from them, what are the consequences to that? You know, when Vic Beasley is not putting together the, the weeks for four, four games and, and the production's not there, players notice that he's still a starter. You know, players notice that what's happening. And if, if people aren't going to be held accountable for ultimately what is the most important thing, and that is production on the field, what are the consequences of that? And mm-hmm. if, if he's able to not perform and he's still keeping his job, then maybe I work a little less hard because ultimately there's, there aren't that many consequences. So it's one thing to say that what will really, what will really matter is do we see that accountability in action and in practice? Because you know, you you could argue that there should have been much greater rotation on the defensive line. When we see guys like Jacob Tuioti Mariner getting sacks, when we see Charles Harris getting some sacks, these guys who were on the practice squad at times, like 
coming up and, and getting involved, it makes you wonder, okay, why weren't these guys maybe given some of the opportunities when things weren't working with your starters? Um, so that would, that would be one thing. If you see a couple of fights, I, I would say that, yeah, guys are getting heated. Guys are getting competitive. Um, <laughs> and that that's not, not a great thing. You don't want guys like in the locker room hating each other, but if you're going to sit there and say, we want you to be competitive, we want to compete. We want to hold you accountable. Yeah. We want these guys to take it personally sometimes. Oh yeah. I would love to see Caleb and Gary knock the hell out of somebody. <laughs> you kill somebody. <laughs> you know, he's saying, I, know, look, I, look, I, look, I know they I know they were tired of bring, bringing moon pies to the pizza party. We, we need we need some toughness out there. <laughs> uh we have a question from uh Carrie Calamia. Do you think we should keep Gurley? I was surprised at how many people online said we should give him another chance and under under Smith. Personally, think he wasn't productive enough for us, and he's not the same girly since injury. Um, what do you feel about that? I mean, I, I think I agree. I think I agree with that. Um, it, which sucks. I mean, I went to Georgia. <laughs> I was there at the same time as Todd Gurley. I oh. was, I was at that Auburn game where he came back, looked as explosive as ever, and I've never heard that many people as quiet as as they were when he got hurt again. So, I mean. Todd Gurley's one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, that being said, I like I he just didn't have that same same burst, and I think he he still has burst. I mean, he still ha- he can still be a decent running back in this league. I mean, he was the most productive running back this year of any Falcons running back since what twenty seventeen. So mm-hmm. I mean, he he still can be of use to other teams. Um, I don't know if if they it would have to be for the right price. The new coaching staff would, would have to want to think that Todd Gurley is still that guy. And ultimately their judgment is, is the only one that matters. Um, but if you're bringing him back, it's probably again in the same committee role. I mean, I think it's fairly telling that his, his role with the team kind of transitioned late in the year to basically third downs and in the red zone. Um, and I remember talking to somebody at the start of the year who said that the issue with Todd Gurley is not going to be August, September, October. The issue with Todd Gurley is going to be November, December when, you know, he's healthy enough at the start of the year. But once the grind really starts happening, once you're getting all of those reps, that's when you're going to start feeling it. That's when you're going to have to take time off during the week. That's when you're going to have to, you know, you're going into games with much more attention being paid to your leg in pregame to get it ready to go. And you need your best players playing their best in November and December. You don't need them at that point kind of breaking down. So that would be my my concern with Gurley. Um, and, and frankly, I, I think he might even still be out of, out of their price range. I'd rather see them draft a guy in, in the third, fourth round um, and, and roll with that. And then Ito Smith and, and Brian Hill. Okay. Mike, you had anything else? And then we're going to get to the last one. Um. Not necessarily uh, one more question, um, but it was kind of observational based on what you were saying um, and based on something that I recognize as far as watching film. And one thing that I like with Dean Pease is that um, you kind of brought up the the idea of them playing more uh, cover two, uh, a lot of two-man safeties instead of that three-man, um, that three-man, because I honestly think 
with the issues with the fi uh, financial issues you got guys like um demonte basie who is familiar with the team but not necessarily the the, the coaching staff i think he'll be mm -hmm. a guy he's young enough to rebound, um to come kind of rebound from his achilles injury i think he would fit a two-man scheme a lot better than most um we know that he has the ball skills but it, it comes down to whether or not um is he physically ready to come back and um i i really like the idea that you you brought up as far as uh dean pease not necessarily saying that he's going to stick with a uh a three four scheme he's going to adapt to the personnel and um i, I truly believe that if he sticks that route on um, the falcons will be okay and um yeah i, I really believe that the falcons are going to be more of a, a two-man scheme I think that's a lot easier, especially with the the way that the uh, the NFL uh, is right now. We kind of saw that towards the end um, at, with the Super Bowl, um, even with the uh, the Bucks, where they pretty much went to a two man scheme and they pretty much shut down the Chiefs. So I think that's the way to go. So that's that's a great point. I, I love that that you point that out. The Bucks had the Bucks had three safeties back there. Sometimes <laughs> they they, they were. I, I, Wow, <laughs> they were bringing out the umbrella and putting it out. It they weren't letting anything get deep. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into this last portion of it. You know, we didn't want to hold up too much of your time, so let's get back to you. Um, yep. And that question is, what's next for you? Any interesting projects on the horizon? And it's probably going to go ahead and plug what you're doing currently. So you can go ahead and just let us know a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, currently right now, just trying to look for that next uh, next project, next opportunity. Um, as I, I kind of mentioned to you guys before, I'm, I'm hoping to maybe land somewhere a little bit recognizable, prominent. Um, but whether that's, you know, still in Atlanta covering, you know, another team somewhere else. Ideally, I'd love to get to the point covering kind of the entire NFL, the league um, as a whole. It, it makes, you know, when you're going through a 4-12 and 12 season, sometimes it's hard to, to write some stories that people really get excited about. Uh, <laughs> it would be much easier to kind of transition and be like, here's why Tampa Bay is really exciting down the stretch or whatever. Um, so, so, yeah, that that's kind of where where I'm at right now, looking, looking for that next opportunity. Uh, if anybody hears of anything, please let me know. Um, Atlanta Falcons Nation. <laughs> <laughs> in, we're in, it out in there. Time, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're getting there. We're going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I see. And that's, that's the fun is like, while I'm continuing to do that, I, I get to do things like this. Uh, and I love doing things like this, you know, for, for as long as, as people want to hear from me, I, enjoy it's the same reason why i got into it in the first place you know talking about football is so much fun it doesn't feel like work also i'll gladly sit here for an hour on saturday and, and do this stuff it's so much fun um which is why i also you know to continue writing i, I started up a, a sub stack uh where i probably will be some falcon stuff because that's what i know but I'll, I'll probably also try to work in just some some larger nfl things um it, certainly a lot of draft stuff probably coming uh <laughs> But but right now, currently, maybe maybe on Monday, I'm going to roll out just kind of like a five biggest questions the Falcons uh, 
need to answer this off season, um, which probably will, will reflect a lot of this conversation that we just had, but that's a good thing. Uh, Cause it's, yes. it's what everybody's talking about until, until we get some concrete news uh, coming out of flowery branch. So, so yeah, that's, that's basically where I'm at. Okay, and you guys got the link in the chat, so go ahead and um, subscribe to the newsletter. I'm already subscribed myself, and it, it's on question. the link on the screen as well. You got something, Mike? Mike? One more question. This is something <laughs> that I always that we always ask our guests. Um, is there something that something about you that no one um, may not? No, like just is there something interesting about Will a Willie boy as I call him? Um, <laughs> may not know. that they may not know. Um, <laughs> hmm. any, any hobbies, anything that outside of journalism that people don't know, you know. Uh, we had yeah, some like, former players come on that said they like to draw real, and do things. Do you like tacos? Do you like do you? Well, I, I mean, I, I am a really good cook. Uh, okay. I I do. I'm fairly a big cinephile, so I like you know in downtime try to watch a lot of movies. My wife and I hosted an Oscar party last year. Um, that was like the last time we did anything. I played rugby in college at Georgia, so wow. that's something. Um, yeah, I mean that. We need, we need him out there playing safety. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he a real, he, he a real hitter. No, no, all right. So this is something because it's bullshit. Is North Carolina? Uh, they have football players from their college team play rugby for them in the off season. And so when we played North Carolina at one point, uh, yeah, there were some like six, seven, two hundred and fifty pound dudes who I was trying to tackle. Uh, and I was like, that guy's a third string defensive end, and they just want to keep him active in the off season. Yeah. So we didn't have any guys like that, unfortunately. Um, Big Low Country said, "What you cooking? Go ahead, uh, Magnus, and then we'll answer Big Low question." <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there that I want, I want the challenge. Will McFadden, if you're a fantasy football player, I want a piece of that action, man. I'm going to get into the DM. <laughs> and we're going to play some fantasy football. You know, this is off season. I'm good at fantasy football. Oh, okay. Huh? Ooh, I'm good at oh, is that a challenge? <laughs> Don't ask me to do that challenge. Oh. <laughs> and Big Low Country Sports said, What are you cooking? In a Gary Coleman voice. <laughs> All right. Well, so to celebrate the end of the season, I went and dropped like $115, $150 on a brisket to try and smoke a brisket for the first Ooh. time ever. Uh, to moderate success, I would say, but it's, I'll have to perfect that recipe. I don't actually have a smoker, so I had to kind of like jerry-rig my grill with a smoke <laughs> box. Um, but I'm always trying to perfect... Uh, the best rib recipe because that's my favorite food in the world. Um, you know, just just on a normal on a normal night, chicken burgers. Uh, trying to trying to get a little bit more vegetarian once or twice a week. That means uh, we're coming over. AFN is coming over to eat at Will's house. That's what we're gonna be doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I mean just just kind of the usual uh, breakfast as well. Love love okay. good breakfast for dinner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me absolutely. Too. Me too. Yep. We had a wonderful time. <laughs> well, K-Style yeah. dropped off. And you play rugby in college? Is that what uh, Carrie has mentioned? Yeah. Okay, okay. 
outside center if anybody knows what that is. But. Okay. <laughs> but so that is the go ahead. Yeah, he's a tough guy. So that's the end of our interview portion of the show. Of course, like I mentioned earlier, we kind of keep the show going. So um, everybody, um, if you have the link, make sure you subscribe to his newsletter. Like you said, he's going to put some things out. And it may not all be about Falcons, but nonetheless, subscribe to this guy until he um, gets on somewhere. We're happy to have him on. It was an honor to have you on. Like this is to us. You are a celebrity for us because you are our go to source for Falcons news. So I don't care if you're not with the Atlanta Falcons anymore. You're still our go to source because we just want to hear what you have to say about those Falcons or any team. Um, so that's why I went on to subscribe. So guys, go ahead and subscribe with that link I put in the chat. I'll put that banner back up so you can um, find it. But this has been um, an honor. This is no, really been absolutely, absolutely my pleasure. This was it was a lot of fun. I miss I miss these types of conversations. You know, you used to have them every single day in the office, and and unfortunately that's no longer the case. But it's again why we all love sports is, is this type of stuff. So I really appreciate absolutely. you guys having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope this is not Absolutely. a off thing, man. I hope this is not a off thing because we really enjoyed your input and it brings uh, a lot of legitimacy to the things that we're saying. Because you know we're we're coming from like the fan perspective, but we also know what we're talking about. But when you have somebody that actually has a, their finger on the pulse, like of the team, it brings like a whole different type of uh, relevancy to oh, you know, yeah. our program. And I appreciate you taking you know an hour of your time. You know, just to speak to a couple of fans, you know, and, you know, I really appreciate that. I hope it's not just a one-off thing. You know, you can come back, you know, anytime you want. Oh, you're, you're welcome to come back as, anytime <laughs> you want. You're just bored and say, you know what? I think I want to do a show. We're going to do it. <laughs> 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 if you just feel like you want to talk like this, we are open to it because we, we enjoyed you. So, um, but we thank you for um, coming on. Of course, we're going to stick back and continue our show for maybe another 30 minutes, you guys. Probably not another two hours, another hour. Sweet. Thank you guys so much. This has been great. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, Will. And, uh, of course, we're going to keep in contact with you as well. So, thank you. He was awesome, you guys. I'm glad you guys got the chance to um, hear boy, him speak. Willie Boy. Hey, Willie Boy. Hey, Willie Boy. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, you said I can call him Willie Boy. Hey. But, um... I, I think this was incredibly informative. Uh, this is why we continue to bring a lot of people, um, a lot of people on the show, like Chuck Smith, you know, Jamal Anderson, uh, you know, Reggie Kelly. Like we bring all these guys on the show so we can give you guys nothing but the truth and the facts um, and not just hear our point of view. These guys has been uh, with the organization. They are NFL um, employees and they know the game. And today, he pretty much confirmed everything that we've been saying. Um, the Falcons, when it comes down financially, the Falcons are just screwed. They can't do anything. They can't do anything with Grady. They can't do anything with um, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. Um, these guys are just basically screwed. So when it comes down to it, man, we're just going to have to, at this point, the way that he broke down the cap, um, the Falcons are just going to have to trade back and get um, – they're going to have to get some picks because – um that not only do they have money for they don't have money for the they barely have it for the draft but they they got to make some cuts get these guys off of and restructuring you pretty much heard what he said he said matt ryan restructuring matt ryan and julio jones is not going to do anything 
to um to get them more money. So we're looking at the Falcons at this point. They're gonna have to draft well, and they're gonna have to um they're gonna have to to kind of get more picks. So um, I hate to I hate to bust your bubbles, all you um Falcons fans out there who think we're gonna you know just just sweep sweep up a lot of players and free agency and get JJ Watt and all these guys. It's not happening, man. And like I said, this is the reason why we have guys on. Um, we have these guys on on the show is to give you guys nothing but the truth and the facts of the matter. Um, so, yeah. K Styles, I know you want to start li- looking at these people comments, <laughs> these comments. Well, yeah, well, we don't, well, you know. Um, well, well, I think but, Big Low want to get on too. Let me go ahead and get him in here. Well, but, but, yeah, like I said, so for the, those that didn't understand what he just said, let me give you the K-style spin on it. <laughs> we ain't got no damn money. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got a damn thing. We have no money. We have no money. Even if we somehow restructure Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, that still would not do anything for this team. So we're going to have to trade down to at least get more players on who who uh, get more players as far as like the younger players to come in, mm-hmm. train them up, and be the that or be that, you know, that, that backup behind Grady Jerry. Like, we don't have no damn money. We ain't got no damn money. <laughs> we ain't got nothing. We broke, bro. We broke, bro. Well, we asked out. <laughs> Asked all the way out. J Rock one up, and we got a c- couple of people that want to get on. Let me get them on in here because we know we go, we always continue our show. Uh, uh, up, man, up here doing all that, <laughs> trying to get pretty and all that. Bring y'all behind on. You try, oh, Lord. Here we go. Uh, Twenty-two. We might not even have money to get re- um to bring back. I can't O'Neal, so it's like, look, man. Y'all, like I said, this this we tried to tell you guys about this salary cap, but nobody wanted to. They don't want really want to pay. They don't pay any uh, pay any attention. When it all comes down to it, y'all, if you want to blame anybody on this team, you should be blaming uh, Thomas Dimitrov for screwing us with these dumb deals and paying guys like Devontae Freeman. NFL record money and all this type of stuff like this. He screwed us. He screwed us for years and with these dumb contracts, giving guys like Ray Edwards. Um, I don't even. I think he gave him like twenty, thirty million dollars at the time. So it's like that dude has been um, the the worst enemy for the Atlanta Falcons for a minute. Oh, J Rock, J Rock, what's hey, up? Hey. What's up? How you what's doing? Happening? And that was that was real that was real good uh getting him on here. That was like really awesome because you know everybody tired of hearing our mouths and talk all the time. I mean it's good to have a new voice talk, you know, meaning that he used to write for the Atlanta Falcons. So it was it was different. Yeah, that was that was good and it was a relief for some. So it's cool. Because you know everybody get tired of hearing our mouth. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, about it all the time. Know now, I mean- right? Some points though, you know, because uh, what we've been saying quite some time, yeah. but we got a little couple, bit more expert opinions, right? Right, that right. kind of wasn't in line with what Atlanta Falcons Nation been preaching for this whole time, <laughs> yep, absolutely. 
He was, was on good. the same accord. Jay Rock, got a, what what stood out to you of, uh, out of everything that he said? I mean, his honesty. His, his honesty about every single thing, like from start to finish, like every answer that you guys have for him, it was just really honest. Like the whole, you know, do you think there'll be some fights going on, you know, when it comes to training camp and who do you think will stay and what the contracts are looking like and who would he want to, if he was in the shoes to draft somebody at number four, who would he draft? Everything was honest. As much as we pick about, pick on um, Ricardo Allen and stuff like that, everything was so true. So true. It was just the honesty about that. That's why I would say, hey, bring him on again because he's going to give you just nothing but honesty. He's not oh, yeah. I'm going to be, I mean, like I mean be in that DM. Because like, hey, we're trying to do a draft show, and I would love to have him on if he don't got any other obligations to come on for that draft show. That would be dope. Yeah, that'll be that'll be really good, especially like as the draft goes along. Like, what does he think? Like, you know, mm-hmm. his, his honest opinion. Like, I, I just love how honest he was throughout this whole show. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Okay. I think Big Low trying to get in the building as well. Go ahead and get the old crew back together. Um, J Rock. So, um, some of the questions that we had. Do you feel like um, I, one of the questions I didn't get to was what position? Um, should we go in towards the draft and everything? Like, where, what should we target in the draft? Uh, I've always been saying this, depending on what we do in the free agency and what's more valuable, because I think, to be honest with you, if we're at number four and that number four spot is very valuable, especially for other teams, may not be – well, especially it, it's, it's valuable for us, too, at the same time. But like he was saying, we can draft back and get more out of it along the way. So – Honestly, I would just feel the the real big, 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 big issue, and I would just address the uh, the DN. But if we are at four and you know Penny Suell is right there, why not grab him? Just like you know, Will said, it's he's nineteen and he's like a mauler, so why not why not have him on your team? So I would just say get what you can because honestly, these draft picks that we have are going to be these have to be like playmakers for this team because we're not going to be able to splash that much in the the free agency at all so if we can get like some good you know caliber players in the first and second and third round that could get us over the hump then by all means but i would go after penny suel if he's there I think that's who we're um I think the rumor is that that's who we're um that's high kind of on the radar for um the Atlanta Falcons might it might be some mock draft type things going on but I think that um that's who they're everybody's trying to go towards if it's not going to be quarterback. So I think that's a good. I like it. I like it. But I I I can see some trade bays going on like I I feel like if if we end up doing like I don't know. I'm going to just throw out a scenario. If we get a quarterback or something like that, say if we drive today, that could be a bait. Maybe we could just bait somebody to like, okay, so they got a quarterback that we possibly could have wanted, right? And then we can probably trade that away. You know what I'm saying? I'm just throwing out scenarios. not saying it's going to actually happen, but you never know. Absolutely. Big low, big low country. What in the world? What in the world, boss? Did you catch the show? Man. <laughs> Great show, y'all. Great show. I really enjoyed it. Um, really enjoyed listening to Will's perspective about everything, man. I, I really enjoyed the show, definitely. 
Y'all did a great job. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to try to have him on back with us for the regular show, you know, like a draft show, because we're everybody been talking about that. They want us to go to live during the show. I think that's something we might end up making happen. So we need all the Atlanta Falcon Nation's crew to be up on here for that draft. So even it's just for the first round, just to get that initial reaction. But you're going to be in the stadium watching it. But just to get the initial reaction from the fans or whoever we pick, I think that's going to be epic. So I think we just need to go ahead and do something like that. So all you fans, if you listen to us now, let us know that's what you want. And we probably will go ahead and bring it to you. I think that's something that we might do. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So I just want to come on and ask everybody. So after after that interview with Will, are y'all looking at the whole trajectory of this offseason? Are y'all looking at it differently? Or, you know, the the feelings that y'all had coming into the offseason, did y'all feel, the you know, pretty much the same way that you feel now? I think uh, with the way Atlanta Falcons Nation has been, been kind of going, especially with every, each one of you guys, I think that it's been aligned with what we honestly been saying. So um, it just was a different expert um, perception to what we've been talking about. But I feel like with you, Low, Matt, Mike, Magnus, um, J-Rock, and J.K. Styles, that you guys are kind of realistic with what you're talking about with the Atlanta Falcons you know, so I felt like it was in line and he felt comfortable with what we just been trying to speak, you know, Peach, you know, like actually um, Big Low did a mock draft um, last night about, you know, and if y'all haven't tuned into that, make sure you tune into that. But I was fun to watch too. I was in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was on there a little bit too. Um, but if y'all haven't, checked that out as well. Um, just he was doing a realistic mock draft if y'all haven't caught that yet, but I just felt like it was in line with what Atlanta Falcons Nation has been speaking on. That's why yeah. I feel so. Yeah, it's like whenever we did that mock draft, and, and you know, it's kind of like what we were saying last night with the mock drafts. Of course, things are going to fall completely different, and you know, you never know what, you know, someone might take. It might be a case where someone takes Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. You never know. But we, we, we got to keep it, you know, it, it's just different scenarios that we can kind of look at and, and, you know, see how things may fall. So, you know, there are going to be multiple ones. And we, this time, I just wanted to highlight the benefits of trading back. So uh, for everyone in the comments who didn't see it, by the time we got finished trading back, we had three picks in the second round. And, you know, we, we got a chance to get like five starters just from the draft alone. So. I mean, yeah, so I think the next time we might, all these names that we're talking about, you know, we might take a different player. I know everybody's getting naked for Sewell. You know, it's okay to get naked. <laughs> everybody's getting naked for Sewell. So, you know, we might take a look at that, you know, next time. So, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was. You see him, you see a 19-year-old tossing around some, 21 year olds like they kids, you would get naked for a suit. Like you said, like you said, at the end of the day, we don't know what's gonna happen. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was We may trade up, trade back, stay in the same position. You don't know where they're going with it, honestly. That's yeah. why I was telling Big Low in the comments last night. Well, actually, I posted it today, but I was like, man, I was like, you really opened my eyes on like what possibly could be like, 
what you did with that whole, you know, the I believe what was it PFF.com, right? The mock. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember. I know my brother, he set it up for me. He's the tech with you, so I'm not even sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I seen you do what you did. So, like, we, we grab, you know, you projected, you know, we grabbing Najee Harris. You, like you said, potential, like a lot of good starters. So, like, you traded back and got, like, about three or four picks, and, and they were all potential starters. So, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, wow, like, he made it, like, the whole broad part about it was, like, we can get a whole lot out of it. One, one thing that we could do if we trade back, we can get so much out of it. Yeah, yeah, and, and you, you showed know, that all last night. Yeah, and, but I mean, but you know, you got to remember though, man. Um, homeboy Mike, he put that video up last night or yesterday about everybody, you know, Fontenot and Smith looking at Trevor Lawrence, looking at Sunshine, just like Miss Maggie said, they might try to trade up. You never know. No yeah. monkeys do fall out of trees sometimes. They That's might not trade up. Yeah, yeah. One, one, one drive can ruin everything else for everybody else. They like, oh, oh we gotta do a plan B. Or we not we uh, we gotta we just literally had an interview with Will Will McFadden, and he pretty much stated that the money just doesn't make sense. Like so, it doesn't. It doesn't. Let them have they, we gonna let them have they they shine uh, they sunshine, but. That's just let's just keep it real. Like I said, that's the reason why we have have guys like him on. We just spoke about money. We just spoke about money. You gotta keep it real, people. You gotta keep it real. There's no way in the hell, okay? Y'all yeah, don't get naked for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> exactly. Y'all don't, don't get naked. For Trevor, I don't think, it's gonna be about fifteen other um pro days that they gotta attend. So don't think that's yeah. That's, if you get him, you're gonna have to get rid of a lot of your other picks. So that's trading away. Like even if they trade up to get him, they're gonna have to get rid of those picks because they're not gonna be able to afford a lot of those guys. So now you're looking at going in free agency and then getting all these dumpster trash guys like <laughs> Terrell McClain, guys like. Um, Kevin Shelby, was it Kevin King? <laughs> yeah, old guy like that. So, like, <laughs> go ahead, do it if it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think I think trading back would, would be the most efficient situation because kind of like kind of like Will was saying, you know, twenty twenty one, you know, you, you we're gonna have to use a few band-aids we ain't gonna be using no duct tape or glue we're gonna be having to use band-aids <laughs> oh lord oh no 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 you didn't just go away you guys keep that away, keep it away. <laughs> oh. no you did not just show your scalp oh, oh she she went down <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think it was, I think it was an excellent old big low. I think it's an excellent move. Or what you don't want, um, you know, as far as your your drafting and and you know free agency, what you don't want is to let people figure out what you're doing. So it, it's quite yeah. possible. Um, it's quite possible that that could happen. I'm not going to say anything is in, in, impossible, but when you look at it, like this is what they would have to do if they did trade up to get, you know, Sunshine, Mr. Mr. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. They would have to trade up and they would have to get rid of a lot of those picks because people don't realize that you still have to pay those guys. So it's like exactly. a lot of things would have to move in order for that move to happen. Exactly. 
And the fact of the matter is that, I mean, you talk about everybody getting naked with Trevor Lawrence. I'm finna say something. It might be inflammatory, but Zach Wilson's a better quarterback anyway. I think Zach Wilson's going to go number one overall. I'm a fan on it. Man, that's I'm, ooh, I'm a stand though. <laughs> I think he's Man, a better overall quarterback because I've seen Trevor Lawrence do one thing in his entire career, and that's throw deep passes. I've never seen him distribute the ball in the middle of the field um consistently. Like most of his passes you see is always on the deep sideline or it's a deep post. And a lot of these guys are wide open. I haven't seen him be an actual quarterback make all the throws in the middle of the field, um, deep, intermediate, like threatening needles. I've never seen him make every single throw consistently. We're talking about consistently. So when I see Zach Wilson as a quarterback, this is why I say that I don't necessarily agree with him being the best quarterback is because I've seen some foot uh, issues with his foot uh, his footwork. And when you're in the NFL and you're having issues with your foot, your feet work, your feet or footwork, however you want to say it, um, that leads to, uh, and you know this, Coach, that leads to happy feet. And you know what happy feet for quarterbacks in the NFL. What did that do, Big Low? That's going to be a bunch of sacks, a bunch of interceptions, a bunch of fumbles. That's all it's going to lead to. That's all it's going to lead to. You talk about oh, uh, and you talk about that 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 feats his work, uh, like my grandma would say, grandma <laughs> country. You talk about that yeah. no feats. You talk about no feats is uh prime example of a quarterback with a bad feats his work or bad footwork or feet work <laughs> is your boy Cameron, your boy Cameron Newton. You know, yeah, because he because he'll fade back on the throw like 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 MJ in 1996 in Utah. <laughs> I see a lot of that in Zach Wilson too. He likes to throw off his back foot a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, He definitely does. And it, and it's like I was saying in chat with Mike is that he'll sometimes he'll throw. He won't step into throws and he'll fade back a little bit. But those throws work. But it's a whole nother game now. Like you know that pass that would have been complete. You know, in college against Northwestern or against, you know, Kent State, you know, you can complete that one. But whenever you got a Mika Fitzpatrick, he's breaking on that. He's taking that to the house. You can't throw those types of throws in the NFL. I don't want guys like Hell no, boy. Like you said, said, the safeties are looking for those throws. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for them throws. No, yep. And Justin sure. Field problem is Justin Field got the Byron Leftwich thing going on with the release. That's gonna be his issue. Mm. He got a yeah. long release. It's a long release, and that like that's mm. yeah. just like he just, just like Cam. You said what coach? Just like who? Oh, I'm just I'm sorry. I, I, I said I said just like Cam. You no know, Cam's release. It's a, it's a little long too. It's like the Iliad and the Odyssey. You know, it, it, it take a while for that thing to unfold sometimes, you know. <laughs> so, 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 so basically your comparison is basically we have two quarterbacks in this top draft that basically play like Cam Newton. <laughs> 
Yes. Talk about Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Oh, I Trey Lance is another one. So we got a bunch of Cam Newton clones coming in. <laughs> well, I, I think the biggest difference is that they ain't they ain't six five, six six, two sixty five. That's the that's the biggest difference right there in itself. You know, if I seen a guy that big, you know, I, I might act like I'm you, I don't know if you ever heard people say that they act like they're trying to tackle somebody. I would definitely act like I'm trying to tackle. Them. Like, oh man, I missed them. Man, somebody else get them for me. <laughs> it's like that man, uh what was his name? Was it Marcus Williams? I tried to tackle Stefan Digg but missed. Yes. <laughs> you probably talking talking about doing the catch out <laughs> <laughs> I mean full blown miss like mm but yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Other issue is he's gonna have to not try to run people over because he is not built for that. Not yeah. against no NFL boys. Oh, he'll learn. <laughs> oh, he'll learn. He can. Yeah, he'll learn. He'll learn one way or the other. Yeah, one way or the other. He gonna learn. He gonna learn today. He gonna learn today. Oh, wait, wait, Hold on, I'm gonna do it in my beaver. I'm gonna do it in my beaver's voice. Right. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's gonna learn. <laughs> he's, gonna learn. <laughs> he's gonna get blasted. <laughs> They're gonna make him cut his hair. They don't want to get ran over by sunshine. <laughs> hey, oh, I, I mean? asked this question. Um, I, I asked this question to Jay Rock. What what stood out to you most? Um, listening to Will. What what like. What caught your attention? I think the biggest thing that stood out to me, Mike, is that um, you know, he talked about how you know, because everybody's all excited about this three-four defense, but you know, he was saying that look, it, it, this might this might not be a situation where it's a twinkling of an eye. You know, it might you know, whenever this twenty twenty one season starts, they might not be lined up just like the you know the two thousand and twelve Ravens. So you know, don't don't be expected that. You know, so uh, it, it, it's one of those things that it's just going to kind of take time. And look, I, I got excited myself whenever I said, "Oh, we're getting DPs three four defense. Let's go!" And he and DP said itself, "Like, look, we're going to be running multiple fronts." But what I just what I uh, latched on to was three four defense. I'm ready, you know. So, uh, no, so no, don't get don't get too negative. Low. I, I, hey, I had to put my clothes back on, boy. I had to, you know, I, <laughs> you know. I started getting naked. You know, a process, to, a process, basically. Yeah. That's what you're saying. It's going to be a process to get to a three-four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did like the fact that, and this is things that we didn't think about: the fact that you know those three-four defensive ends, they're more specialized. So you know, mm -hmm. you don't see those out there that often. So it's one of those cases where we might be able to get them at a little bit more of a bargain deal because. You know, we could kind of plug them in. So I, I all those things kind of, you know, you know, I was like, man, he's making a lot of good points. You he, know, so. he brought up he brought up the fact that like this is something that I've actually been thinking about. It's like a lot of people are so focused on guys like Makai, um, Makai um, Parsons, mm -hmm. but we have a guy on the roster who is essentially him. Yep. That's Michael Walker. Michael yep. Walker is a he he played all like this dude was a middle linebacker, outside linebacker, pass rusher, playing in coverage. Like this dude was an absolute beast, and he was ranked for a while the number one ranked linebacker 
in the NFL as far as rookies are concerned. So this guy yeah. is a player. Yeah, he a baller. He a baller. I even seen him selling popcorn in the stands one time. He does so many things. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, man, yeah. And, and I don't know if y'all seen it. Like you know, if you if you really watch the games, I, I seen him. You know, uh, I seen him rush the passer. I've seen him. You know. Uh, field gaps in that run game and cover guys at the same time. Like, he, like he, he's done it all. So uh, another thing that stood out to me, Mike, is that, look, we don't know if these players that we have, I mean, we, we definitely think that they're talented, but are they going to match up with DP system? Like a Debo, like, is it a situation? Cause somebody in the comments was like, well, look, if Debo ain't big enough to play linebacker in that three-four scheme as a as an inside linebacker, somebody was like, he might need to be safety. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he was saying. Like again, I think that's another thing they were state, stating is that, um, like Grady Jer, we don't know if Grady Jer is going to buy into DMP's system. Um, if he does want to be like, we don't know if he just watching the honestly, just watching the film on Grady Jr. I think he'll be a good, um, depending on, uh, I think he'll be a, because he played four eye. Like when you look at Dan Quinn's system and him playing in the Dan Quinn, he wasn't necessarily always a three tech. He played a lot of four eye positions. Like he played mm-hmm. four eye a lot. And that causes a lot of confusion with the tackles and the guards, and that's why he was able to make uh, a lot of plays because you can't put the tackle on him. You can't put just put a guard on him. He'll beat a guard to death, and the center just is in no man's land because he got to worry about not only Grady Jarrett, but he has to worry about the, uh, his uh, his running mate. So I think Grady Jarrett will be fine in the DMP system, but, again, we just don't know if he's going to um, buy into that system. Yeah, yeah, because I know a lot of people. Because when it comes to playing that three, four in, and, and you know, this is for everybody that's a, you know in the comments and the chats that are listening. So one thing that they really like about those three, four ends is that you know they they work on setting that edge, and in, in in some cases, because it depends on who's rushing. If there's a linebacker rushing from your side, but. They, they like those three, four ends. Yeah, those three, four ends to be taller and squeeze down to set that mm-hmm. edge. Now, mm-hmm. they like them to be tall with long arms so they can squeeze down and set that edge and look in the backfield. Now, Grady, he he's not, you know, we know that he's not the tallest guy out there, but Grady can attack. Now, Mike, he put up a film study about a month ago now. Grady, boy, that boy moves sometimes like he's walking on fish grease, on hot fish grease. <laughs> <laughs> I, like he's so big, but he could the boy can move. Like he he can move. Like we sometimes we forget how fast Grady is, you know. Yeah. So I mean, so it may be one of those things what about, where. What about a, what about to kind of combat that? I, I think that's a great point that you brought up. But what about bringing a guy like a a Gregor Rousseau? Because you, you've got Grady Jared, who is about five. Uh, he's about six feet, six one. Um, and you bring a taller guy like Gregory Rousseau, who's six 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 seven, to kind of combat that move. So, what do you think about that? Man, you know, what, bro? not necessarily him, but a guy with that length. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and you know, I, I definitely think uh, 
I definitely think we need to bring somebody like that in because, I mean, just like Will was saying, we're going to have these multiple fronts. So if we bring a guy like a Russo or like a Jalen Twyman, you know, uh, you know, it, it could be one of those cases where, uh, you know, with these multiple fronts based on our offense, and, and this is why I'm loving this defense and this offense is because we're going to actually adapt. We're going to, we're going to see what we we're going to see what we got and then we're going to react to it opposed to or this is the play that we call and y'all make the best with it kind of a situation so um yeah i i think either way uh we should still get somebody like that and you know uh go ahead and start changing our identity that's what i was talking about in that mock draft last night it's about changing your identity you know identity. Um, yeah I got some. I got some, and it's kind of piggyback on what y'all both said, as far as you know this draft. Like with Michael Walker, like you said, Michael Walker, uh, Tony Wright said in the comment, like you said, he was uh, he made the All Rookie Team. Like you said, that's not mm. necessarily don't need a Michael Walker. I mean, not Michael Walker, mm-hmm. Michael Parsons. You mm-hmm. said that three four end with long arms. You got John Kaminsky right there. Yeah, and people yeah. forget about John. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you actually look at, if you actually look at the roster that we have, especially with the young players we have, it's not so much as building, getting the next starter. It's we're actually in a position to actually get the best players because we yeah. already have the needs. Yeah, mm-hmm. our problem was we just didn't play them enough. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, everybody in the comments they're talking about Marlon. Everybody's like, you know. We we really we still hadn't seen what Marlon was you know what what he got going on and Cool and E Roberts he asked uh, the dude I was talking about that played at Pitt um in the mock draft last night I think his name is Jalen Twyman um Twy- yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and he uh yeah he wore the same number as Aaron Donald I think he's like six seven two sixty two seventy mm-hmm. two seventy or two eighty but he had ten sacks last year you know moving like that I mean so. There's talent out there. He's like projected for like a fifth or fourth round pick. So I mean, there's talent out there, you know. So just like you were saying, K Styles, we get the best player available. We we should be all right because, like we've been saying since week two, this team's not that bad. <laughs> this team. <laughs> Yeah, one, we wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was tag that was bad. It's <laughs> <laughs> just about it, it, it. It's really about having and putting those big players like a a Grady Jerry in positions where they can have more one on one. So you got guys like you know Dion Roman Free put a big. You know, nose talk in front of him, a guy's at 340, 350, put him in front of uh, Dion and just let Dion run. Like, we saw yeah. what happened with Baltimore. We saw what happened even in San Francisco with, um, um, what's his name? Ticket. The linebacker oh, San Francisco. Carl uh, Willis. Willis, Willis, Patrick Willis. They put those big guys in front of him, just let him roam. Like, that's, that's what you want. So, we have. We have players in pay, uh, in place, even if they don't believe in Deion Jones. Like you said, that he has um, the way his contract is structured. They can move on from Deion next year and Gritty Jared. 
they can move on from those guys next year so they can bring in a guy like well they already got a guy like foyer who's much bigger and much more physical um as a linebacker than Dion. so it's like they have options to move on yeah because i think foyer fits that scheme a little bit better than Dion does right you know because think about that three four defense is you know you got to you know you got to become a um a waste management specialist. And whenever I say that, I mean that you got to learn how to sift through trash. Wow. <laughs> you got <Yeah>. to <laughs> hey, sift look, through wait, trash. Wait, wait, wait. So you got to know how to go through the stank. You got to learn how to get <laughs> through the stank, shit. Because, because in, in literally in cases like that, and that's why that 3-4 defense, that zone run blocking scheme is the ultimate enemy. It could be the ultimate enemy or it could be the ultimate friend of it because – you know, if, if somebody guesses and they shoot the gaps right in that zone run blocking scheme, they're going to blow it up. Uh, kind of like when Pittsburgh, we played Pittsburgh, I think, last year or the year before last year, they were eating us alive. But mm-hmm. uh, if, if it's a case where, you know, you pick them up right, you, you could eat them alive. Now, those those linebackers in that zone, I mean, in that 3-4 defense, they got to know how to shed blocks and make tackles at the same time. So it, it, it's, it's real important, man. Like, you can't be playing. That, that's why Ray was such a beast, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah Tony Wright, he said, Falcons not go after many free agents too much this season. But Jarrell Casey is one free agent the Falcons should consider try signing. Agree, disagree. Um, yeah, for the veteran minimum, yes, because he has experience in not only this defense, but what the expectation is from this coaching staff. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah. Like you say, that's one of those guys that kind of got like that injury history the last couple years. But like I said, you can get you can get a veteran minimum a veteran minimum contract from him and just let him ball his ass out. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it, and that was another thing Will was talking about. Like, this might be one of those years where we get these veterans, mm-hmm. and they could teach these young guys how to be veterans. I put it in the comments: Vets teach Thundercats how to be vets. You know, I saw that. I yeah, saw that. yeah, and and you know, I mean, and, and that's the truth. Like, we've seen it over the years. It's like uh, Roddy and and Tony they taught Julio how to be a veteran. It, it's worked so well for his career. Like he. You know, he went from you know uh, uh, doing the what's that dance? The uh, man, what is it called? The beef it up on the sideline after he scored his first touchdown to yeah. you know just <laughs> throwing the ball up and running back to the sideline. Yeah. You know, so yeah, man. You know, it, it, veterans teach Thundercats how to be veterans. Oh, beef it up. I think oh, I think one thing that we probably <laughs> had a problem with this year is probably rotation. Every mm-hmm. time somebody went down, uh, we haven't really had oh, like man. that person. Like, okay, this is a per- this is a person that'd be perfect to to take over this role. Like when Grady, t- you know, went down, we, we had no answer. Fowler went down, know? we really didn't have no answer. We we had to you know use Foy to blitz or use Dion to blitz. I think rotation is going to be one of the one of the biggest things. So like, basically, what I'm saying is is like filling in a lot of depth especially in that position um i get that who did we pick uh we picked up um harris but you know he wasn't really out there i seen i seen more means and i seen 
Harris. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like I, I don't know why, because I thought Harris was actually pretty good. You know that's what, though? That's, that's something that he said. That's something that he stated even during the interview. He was saying, like, these guys were putting up – they were getting to the quarterback. They were producing. But that's what he's talking about, this accountability and having the, like these guys are playing well, and you turn around and you put back in Tack McKinley who ain't doing crap. Like that's accountability. Why are these guys still playing if you're not if you're not producing? Right, exactly. So I'm like means I I feel like he could have sat down somewhere. He should have been that rotational guy, maybe move him around, but come on now, like <laughs> come on, like you got <laughs> you got a Harris. And then like this is like why it means it's like K Styles preach all the time about that man is just a hype man. Yeah. Oh, that man, little John in the back. <laughs> it's, yeah, Stephen Means. Stephen Means. Like, come on, man. Like, like are you serious? Always a bridesmaid. Dang, y'all call that man a hype man. He called him Lil John, ain't he? Man, Lil John. Yeah, yeah. Man. that's what he was doing. Yeah. Every time, every time when his boys get get you know get a lick in, yeah. <laughs> what? Well. Like 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 somebody said from the show last night, you blame Mr. Smith, you blame Smithers on that one. <laughs> yeah. That's time to reach our new name, Smithers. <laughs> but but, I'm, but you know, you, you do make a good point though, Rock, because I mean, you know, you, you got to have you got to have some depth. But and, and just like Mike was saying that Will brought up, it's like, look, if I play four weeks in a row. And, you know, the only thing that I did was just get a free flight and was fed and stayed in a nice hotel over the weekend. You know, everybody else is going to look around and they're going to say, why is he still starting, coach? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you got to – it's like it's like K Styles always says, accountability. Like, I want to see – you got to show me that, you know, that, that you at least care because if I know that you don't care subconsciously, I'm not going to care either. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's when we was talking about like Michael Walker. Like, okay, you could have put him down there, you know, on the line or something. I mean, uh, hell, I, I would rather see more Alan ba- uh, Bailey because I know Alan Bailey was going off one game. Like, mix it up. Like, I think rotation is going to be a big – has to be a big thing. So, I know everybody was saying, like, get uh, – who was it? They, they, y'all said Jarrell Casey. I think he's a good candidate because he used to play for Tennessee. Um, I was going to go ahead and – if if I if I were to choose Darrell Casey, I mean Jarrell Casey is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would just go ahead and bring in like a Justin Houston. He's from Georgia. Statesboro, right? Georgia. Yep. So I mean, look what he's doing with you know with the Colts, you know, coming from Kansas City for all those seasons. I mean, he had I think he had like about eight or nine sacks this season, you know, under the Colts. And Colts didn't have a pass rush since Lord, I can't even remember since Dwight Freeney. Yeah, since, <laughs> or since, Robert Mathis, yeah. So it's like yeah, since I don't know, it's it's life came out of then. Like, you know, he's only just 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 like Will said. I mean, you're gonna have to bring in some vets. I mean, you may get you might get by by getting one of these, you know, mid 25 year olds or you know, 27 or whatever, but get bring in some of these vets. Like, like you said, Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf is a good one. I can settle for mm-hmm. that one. That's not bad. I mean. I'm gonna throw JJ Watt in there, but you know some people don't want JJ. But that's that's another veteran. Like, come on now, he has the accolades to back it up. So, you know, man, JJ, <laughs> look, it ain't that nobody wants JJ. We know we can't afford him. 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, not, that, get my, I'm not getting my hopes yeah. up, man. That's like going to look at that G Wagon. That's like going to the Mercedes Benz dealership looking at that G Wagon. You want to make 15000 a year. you like, ain't, ain't even no need to looking at it. Like, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you doing that. I ain't doing that to myself. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here to Bob's Auto Sales and see if I can find me a nice used Kia. You know, said the auto sales. No, you didn't. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, I, I I definitely think because in in all of the fans in the comments, like everyone agrees. And if, if I'm wrong, y'all let me know. Everyone agrees. Pass rush is one of our biggest issues. Like, even, even and I said this on the mock draft last night, Arthur Blank is a guy who, you know, all he does is just make money. You know, all he, he runs a bunch of Home Depots and he runs the Falcons and Atlanta United. He don't supposed to be worried about this. This man has observations saying, look, guys, we need to work on our defense. We ain't getting to the quarterback and we need to run the ball more. Why in the world can't the doggone scouting department and the and, and everybody who works in the front office see that as well. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you know, in it, 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 fact of the matter, every time you take a, a somebody in the first round, like, you know, taking Tack McKinley, anytime you take somebody like that in the first round, you're married to him for at least three or four years. So if he doesn't show up, it, it's literally like you got roaches in the house so you can't get rid of them. Because <laughs> you can't afford to call it exterminated. Hey, like you said, you married Tap McKinley and forgot the the the, uh, the, the other females that you could have got or the prospects <laughs> as in Tredavious White, yes, T.J. White, yes, Dalvin Cook, Buddha Baker. Oh my God, Alvin Kamara. Please stop. <laughs> don't do us like that. Don't don't don't. Do I'm, just like saying, that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like you said. I, 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 I got to be real with you. They, 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 they chose a kid that played under uh, Jim Moore Jr. Same team as Josh Rosen. For guys that was actually established. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then, and then it's like if you actually look at his story, like I mean, he he went to college somewhere else, but uh, the, the fact, and I look at work ethic, the fact that you know he was academically ineligible. And for some some reason, he slipped through the cracks to get on at UCLA. How in the world? I do not know one of the top you know, research research schools in the United States. Somehow he slipped up and got on UCLA, and he only performed the year before he got drafted, which is a huge red flag, red flag for me in itself. So it's like mm-hmm. whatever we took, and then I always say you never listen to the loudest guy in the room. When the loudest guy in the room Doing all this talking, you never listen to him. So you got all these other guys that just come up, shake Roger Goodell's hand, walk off stage. You got this other guy, yeah, yeah, get to the quarterback. I I knew then. I knew then. At that moment, I knew. <laughs> oh, let me throw some more names out there. Oh my god. Oh no, don't do it like that. Let me throw some more names out there. Um, Cooper Cup. Don't don't stop. I'm 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 just gonna end it there. I didn't want to hey Chris Godwin, so I'm I'm just ending it there. (laughs) Somebody got a question for you, J Rock. 
<laughs> okay, uh, Tony Wright, question for J-Rock. As we are a month away from free do you think we should resign Keanu Neal to a cap-friendly deal? Do you believe that second year uh, Jalen Hawkins is ready to start now? Um, I do like Jalen Hawkins. I don't think he's ready to start now. But I think Keanu uh, – I was about to say Keanu Reeves. Gosh. <laughs> Keanu Neal, <laughs> I think he's a must-sign, but – don't be surprised if 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 he's not here next year. Uh, just be prepared for that. But I do think he should be the number one priority because he's. I think he deserves comeback player of the year for our team. Mm-hmm. The way he showed out and he played a full season after the tragics that he's been having the past two seasons. You know, with the injuries, I think that was that last year was a prove it deal, and he proved it all year that he's still that. Mm-hmm that big hit Kiki, like he's just, he looked new and improved out there. And then you, you put him in the box the way they used them, which we never really seen him in the box. Like, like that, like he was used all year. Oh man. It's like, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's amazing. Like for somebody to come from, you know, those, those torn injuries, you know, uh, what was it? The ACL and, and what else was it? The same injury back to back Achilles. Achilles. Like, he played phenomenal. I think I think bringing him back it should be a number one priority. But like I said, don't be surprised if we cannot bring him back. I would love to have Kiki back because we, we need we need some boom and he needs some help. We don't know what we have in Jalen. I said we don't know what we have in Jalen. We don't know what we have in Quadri. We don't know what we have in Edo. Edo could be a Pro Bowl back, and we don't know because we haven't seen these guys actually perform well. And that's why I keep, like I said, this is the reason why we bring on these guys who are in the know. Like he's right there, day to day operations, working with the Atlanta Falcons. And he's saying this these guys are pretty good players. And you got Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, they fighting over who guys going to get the playing time. Like, look, <laughs> it's just. I, I just I, I'm just speechless, man. Like I said, this was an excellent, it was an excellent interview, but this is something that we all needed to hear because it pretty yeah. much confirmed all our uh you know our suspicions for the most part and our yeah. views and everything everything, man. Yeah, I mean, because it's kind of like I said, it's kind of like I said in the um in the chat uh before y'all came live, we were just talking about football, and I was saying that look. You don't want to be a situation where you don't want to put cologne on before you get in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> no, ain't, ain't no need to put cologne on your musky. You put cologne on your musky, you smell even worse. You just <laughs> expensively stank. You just <laughs> expensively stank. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you know, sometimes it's like you. Sometimes you, you just have to start no. like you. You got to just change the culture. So it's like sometimes patching things or things like that is it's best to just go ahead and change things all over, all over. The Chiefs did it. The, the Chiefs yeah. uh, they were they were a playoff team and they got rid of almost everybody. I remember they came back the next season, sixty percent of their starting lineup was gone. You know, and they just retooled and came back a better team. You know, been in two straight Super Bowls. You know, so I mean, it's it's definitely a it's definitely a situation, but you know what? Uh, Rock, I didn't, I forgot all about Charles Harris to be completely honest with you. It seems like, uh, at the end of the season last year, 
just it was we just seen the same guys out there over and over again. Yeah, you know, so I was like, rotation has to be. It, it, it just has to be done. Like, why do you think Grady Jarrett got burnt out? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, first half, like he's, you know, bull rushing, bull rushing for the first, first, first quarter and second quarter, and then the third quarter, fourth quarter, we like scratching our heads. Like, damn, did did, did y'all see Grady out there? Because uh, it's just like he ran ran out of the tank. Like, that's why I was like, we gotta switch guys around. Like, I understand that you know, Kaminsky, you know, was on the COVID list. Um, and then you got um, what's his name, Marlon Davidson, on the COVID list. So it's like we got a rotation has to be a big thing. Like you want to have yeah. depth in in the D line, and and you know, I feel like it's gonna be a lot better this year because I don't think a lot of guys is gonna get tired. Because if if we switch into three four, I mean, of course we're gonna be using our linebackers, and you see how our linebackers can actually get sacks. <laughs> yeah. Deion Jones and Foy, like that that shows you that they can possibly fit. You know, in this yeah. three four, we're gonna have them blitzing. Shoot, we yeah. could have anybody blitzing on the on the edge, really. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Anybody you know, can blitz. Foy can blitz, Walker can blitz, or Dion could blitz. And then you know, because nobody didn't know coming, you know, coming out of the draft, just like we preach about about talking uh talking about um Michael Walker. Yeah, we know he does crazy stuff, you know, pass rushing, you know, but we never knew his coverage was that good. Did y'all knew that? Yeah, I mean, I know K Styles was talking about it before the season. K- I never knew his yeah. cover. Yeah. Yeah. I know he yeah, had we we like a couple of yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a couple yeah, of him and yeah. Frank. Oh, this, oh. Dude, this dude would literally go back 20 yards in coverage. They run a draw play. He hit the running back at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like we got so many tools. Like I know how I was saying, you know, in the past shows, like, oh man, just imagine if we get Michael Parsons in that in that you know that four core or whatever that we if, if we plan on keeping the rest of those guys. I feel like you know I can agree with Mike. Like we technically already have that with Michael Walker. It's just mm-hmm. it's just utilizing him. So like it can be Dion rushing and then have Foy and Walker in the middle. Like it's so many things that we can do. Yeah, but and don't forget to see that don't. this year. But don't forget, Rod, open your mind because you remember what Dean P says. Anybody could come. You can have AJ Terrell. You can have mm-hmm. Isaiah Oliver. You can have, um, I mean, anybody could come down there. So you know they, they, that's one. That's one of the beauties of that three four defense, man. You know, yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna showcase that on next Dean P's uh, defensive scheme video where he's gonna I'm, he's gonna send. Uh, corners, you're going to send safety, he's going to have guys like what we saw towards the end of the year when we saw um, Jacob Tui Mariner uh, in coverage. So I'm going to show all of that type of stuff in the yeah. next uh, defensive scheme video. And I'm sure Lowe going to get down to that also. Yeah. Um, but like you said, man, like, don't be surprised. Dean P is one of those guys I compare. Um, they pretty much have the same, you know, they pretty much have sister brother Scheme depending on which, how, like you, like I said, how you want to, um, how you want to see it. But him, he, and um, Rex Ryan, they pretty much run the exact same system. Um, they're very aggressive up front. They send blitzes from all types of ways, and, and they, they play they, like, they a lot of zone and man coverages up front. <laughs> and they would mix zone on one side of the field, and they would have man on this side of the field. So he's yeah. very tricky with his. Yeah. His scheme, man. Cover sixes. So let me ask you. Yeah, I was gonna question. say cover six, maybe. Yeah. So let me ask y'all one question. Y'all think we might do like the Patriots did 
and uh, pay pay a referee to blitz the quarterback as well since we bringing everybody. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm about, hey, I'm about to say the way this defense look, you gonna have DMPs coming off a corner blitz. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what, I got what, a question for everybody though. As far as the DBs go, how do you guys seeing that working out in the future? Like, I to be honest with you, I've seen more of our DB rotations more than anything this season. Of course, with the injuries, but, like, everybody's all over the place. Like, one minute you got, you know, um, Oliver in there, and then Oliver's in the slot somewhere, and then Sheffield is here, Sheffield is there, and then you got Bleedy Ray, and, like, how do y'all think the cornerback thing is going to go? And then Denard, like, what you, you guys want Denard back? Oh, man. man. He's a good I, I think he'll be most likely because he'll be the cheaper value. But like mm-hmm. you said, he still has the physicality that you know DMPs would like. Um, like I said, I, like I said, I got to talk with one of my coworkers today too about that too. Um, we know we call Lowell coach, but this dude is also I call him coach as well. He just coaching my job. We call him Big Play Ray for a reason. That's what he was saying. He was like, yeah. Um, that dark question, no, it definitely would fit this system here. He would. He would. So I could see him kind of being the cheaper version as far as keeping him. Now, uh, my only problem is going to be Kendall Sheffield. I don't know how he's going to hold up. And here's the thing about him, what, what I always say. I think he's more of a slot. I, I, than I don't know anything. how they're going to use Like I said, if they talk about moving um, – uh, what you call Isaiah Oliver the free safety, Kendall Sheffield better hold that slot up, boy. Because I'm telling you, yeah, I <laughs> he, think he's he ain't gonna play that shit. <laughs> I think he should be a slot corner, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, man. I thing is though, think about Kendall Sheffield. He's just not he's not physical enough to be a slot corner, like especially mm-hmm. in this, this scheme that that we're going to be running. It's like you got to have somebody to put hands on, like the preacher do on Sundays, you know. <laughs> I'm, and I just don't, I just don't see it. You know, I, I just don't see him doing that. He he relies on the speed. That's a little bit too much for that slot corner. And you know, me and Mike talk about it all the time, man. It's like the NFL with these slot cornerbacks, like they run all these pick plays and all kind of stuff. Like unless you unless you touching them, you ain't you ain't gonna be able to just just keep up with anybody because yeah. you know the, the, the slot position is evolve way too much. They just make it way too easy to throw across the middle of the field. So would yeah. you say would you say that slot corner is more valuable than really the outside corners? I mean I, I think all of them are just as valuable because especially in cases where you know you run a zone coverage, you know, it, it, it in a way you just covering a part of the field. But um, yeah, I I, I, w- I would go out on a limb and say that. I guess it depends on the team that you're playing. You know, if you're playing someone like uh, if you're playing someone like the the Arizona Cardinals, you know, a team that likes to kind of stretch. If they they're going big or they're going home, they stretch the field or they're throwing screen passes. Yeah, I like that those outside guys. But if I'm playing someone like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who you know, they run those pick plays and throw across the middle of the field. That, that 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 slot better bring his lunch pail to work today, you know. Mm-hmm. I I think that uh all the experience that that Isaiah Oliver had, and uh you know a lot of people gave him a hard time at the beginning of the season, including myself. You know, Big Low know how to eat crow now, 
Uh, he, he he balled out. And I think that now he's one of those guys that every team has to have because he could literally play every position, you know, every defensive back position on the, on the, on the field, which is mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people can't do. Yeah, I agree with that because this is what I was saying when I – I know I talk about this all the time. The the video that not the video, but the picture I put up with Isaiah Oliver at different corner positions. You're gonna have to switch him around to make him feel more comfortable. And it was it was a grade on where he was lined up on the field. He's dangerous. Like he's the perfect piece for a guy like Dean Pease because like you can mask a lot of things. Oh, Mike went out on. Oh, oh, I, I think Smithers done took over his thing. <laughs> Smithers trying to take me out, man. Smithers trying to take me out. <laughs> hey, man, I, I think he's a perfect – I think he's the perfect corner for uh, Dean P because he can do – Um, he's not only physical, but he's big. He can play strong safety, um, uh, free safety, slot, outside. Like, he can do it. He can do Isaiah Olive can do it all, and being that he's an excellent tackler, I think that's the most valuable P, uh, asset for a guy like Dean Pease is because he likes the blitz. So with him, it's like you can find he and AJ Terrell on the same side, and you don't know who is going to come from a blitz. So you out there guess it. So exactly. I think Isaiah Oliver is a. I think he's a perfect piece for Dean Pease. He's gonna have some fun with Isaiah Oliver. I can tell you that right now. Man. Man, boy, that's you know, I, I know whenever they first brought Isaiah Oliver in, you know, Dan Dan Quinn, he's been trying to get that old thing back for so long and try to create a Legion of Boom 2.0. But whenever they brought Isaiah Oliver in, they thought he was gonna be like a Brandon Browner type of guy, mm-hmm. you know, big physical, you know, jam at the line. Thing is that he's faster than Brandon Browner, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh it, they finally learned how to use the kid right. Mm-hmm. I know. That first game of the season, whenever DK Metcalf burnt his draws off, did y'all see DK Metcalf run Hooper down? Like, who, who would be able to keep up with that guy, man? Like, dude, Come on, man. Know. He is He's the sideboard. He's the sideboard for the tournament. Tournament. Yeah. He's the man. That man, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. I'm, look. You, you got to you, you got to give the guy credit, man. Whenever he played in that slot, he balled out. He balled out. And, and before before DK Metcalf caught that pass, he was shutting them down. Don't forget about yeah. that. They were trying yeah. to go to him and screen passes. He had them locked up. He wasn't. They weren't giving them nothing. Y'all see how big DK Metcalf is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Somebody point. asked us what are what is our thoughts on Bleedy Ray Wilson? He led the team in interceptions. That's all you got to know. <laughs> he's a veteran piece. I think he'll he'll be he'll be all right, man. <laughs> he's a veteran piece. I, I'm I'm I don't think he's a bad corner. Um, I just think he'll be a, a a pretty good piece, being that he is a veteran. It's like you know what you're going to get from him. He's not going to be. No, he's not going to be an all pro, but you know he's going to be solid. So it's like if that's yeah. something that you need until you find another corner to go alongside AJ, then I I, I would take that chance on him. Yeah, one thing about Bleedy, 
is that uh those interceptions that he got last year, uh he went Ooh. off he went off script. <laughs> Look at him. He was like, but he coaches how to do my thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an example of the next man up right there. Yeah. When Denar went out, that was that was a prime example of that. Hey, but, man, you noticed, you, but you notice all his interceptions came in clutch situations too. Yep. And that's why I said that's why I said I would not I would not mind because I know what I'm getting for bleeding. Like I know he's not going to be excellent. And that's what sometimes on every team, just like a Robert Orr, you know Robert Orr is going to hit that three when you need him most. That's it. Sometimes that's what you need on a team, a guy that you know who's going to do their job and you can count on. I can count on bleeding. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I'll be closing out. Yeah. Yeah, we're about to close out, man. That was a great show, though. That was really an amazing Absolutely. show. Y'all missed the first half of it with Will McFadden. That was that was an honor to have him on, and then have you know the AFN crew to join us at the end of it. It's how you end the show. So um, mm-hmm. let's just go ahead and go ahead and do our um what, after shots or whatever how y'all want to do it. Let's go ahead and close it out. I'll start. I'll start. Um, I just want to say everybody uh, in the chat, you guys. This is what we do. Um, we're not going to bring guys on here that are not going to be an asset as far as our vision and what we want for not only for AFN, Big Low, um, K-Styles, Miss Maggie T's, like our channel. We're here to give you guys nothing but the, the facts and the truth. And, and Will McFadden that, said it, too. I was I love that when he said it. Yeah, hey, that's, said that's it. That's not the facts and the truth. And that's he fits right into what we're doing. So it was a it was an excellent show. It was a perfect show. You know what I'm saying? So like this this is what we do, man. Like we're here to give you guys nothing. Even if we disagree with what he or anybody says, look, it's the facts and the truth. So I appreciate everybody for you know joining us again, man. If you want to check out everyone's channel. Look in the description of each and every video. All the links for everyone's channel is always there. So please, please, okay? <laughs> okay, style. Please, everybody hits everybody up and hit that subscribe button on each channel, man. Takes three seconds. <laughs> That's I'm it. putting that description now, actually. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all yeah. we got. We've been going on for two hours, Dang. almost two hours and a half. So follow Big Low Country. Follow Big Low Country. Make sure y'all check out that mock draft that we did last night. So for everybody that's getting naked for Justin Fields, y'all make sure y'all check out it. Y'all check it out. Um, we actually traded down in that mock draft, but make sure you go to Big Low Country Sports. Spell with K U N T R Y because I'm from the country. Because he country is hell. I'm yeah. sorry, y'all. Well, if you check it out, make sure you subscribe, man. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and then follow me, Miss Maggie T. I do Hawks, Braves, um, Falcons, whatever. I'm on a lot of Falcons Nation. I do motivational videos on Lust Exchange. I'm just, I wear many hats and I run these guys. Just letting y'all know. So. <laughs> Hey, anime, hold on. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know about run now. I don't, I don't know, know about, about run. run. I don't know about run. run. 
you got to you got the AFN over there and everything. I don't know about run these guys. We collaborate. <laughs> you ain't running nothing. <laughs> but no, she, she, she's the glue that keeps everybody together. So like, yeah, no, seriously, yeah, this right here. This is this is amazing crew. So follow everybody on this channel. But seriously, we operate and do our own things individually, along with coming with uh to Atlanta Falcons Nation to um. And uh, K Styles got something to say. Go ahead, K Styles. <laughs> all, all right, hey, hey. Uh, but, but like I said, just make sure you subscribe to the Just K Styles channel. Kicking it with K Styles every Monday, seven p.m., seven o five. Depends on how I feel. But I want to plug. I want to plug a special <laughs> event that looks like it might be coming on tonight. Oh. BET Uncut is coming back. I saw, so that's real. <laughs> what? That's real. What or I see that. When I thought it's coming BET. back. In 2021. I thought it was that out of business. Announcement. That man said BET Uncut. I thought it was real. <laughs> I thought it was real too. No, that's but, real. Sure. But, 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 it, but it's just it's just for the Valentine's Day weekend. Oh I, my god. I thought only I thought, I thought only fans put them out of business. I didn't know they was <laughs> <laughs> no it was Instagram that put them out of business. Only fans put Instagram out of business. Oh okay, okay, okay. And they both put that page out of business. Oh man. I oh my god, he got everybody. It's gonna be watered down though. It's gonna be a watered down BT. No, they say they say they say they're gonna be showing everything. Oh God! <laughs> I thought they went. I thought they went mainstream, and you know they were yeah, all know. about uplifting. And y'all know what BT Uncut was now. Yeah, yeah. I still got the play I got the playlist on my YouTube. Oh, don't you start! Don't you start! Oh man! I guess me and K Styles gonna check that out. Yeah, boy, I'm about, I'm about to go ham. I'm about to drink. I'm about to have fun with this. <laughs> Sounds like a very romantic Valentine's Day style. <laughs> it's gonna be very romantic with my beer. That's what that's gonna be. <laughs> that's hilarious. So I'm gonna I'm I'm say my my going out. Uh, you guys go follow Atlanta Falcon Nation on Twitch and the gaming channel. Uh, my J-Rock for Life gaming channel. I do Throwback Thursdays on Thursdays. I stream Monday through Thursday. So if y'all like, you know, Nintendo 64, you know, anything, let me know ideas on what to stream, and I I, I can guarantee I can get it to work. But uh, definitely follow the Twitch Atlanta Falcon Nation and my personal gaming channel. All right, all right, all right. All right. It's on you, Matt, Mike. Me, yeah. Uh, he went I lost the count. K Styles threw me off with that uh BT uncut. <laughs> he he <laughs> always <laughs> fucking up the chat. He I'm telling you, he <laughs> always, he'll make it a black history announcement or something. No, 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 no. You know, right? I do those on the on the kicking it with K Styles show. Oh, okay. Exclusively. 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 Okay, okay. I got you. Or I if I find you. something that, that that's ridiculously obvious that I need to say, but we had a good show today with Will McFadden and all that stuff. Like I said, we just going to hold on to that. And I just wanted to say something a little stupid. So there you go. Oh, Lord. 
Well, that was it. Okay. Well, last but not least, y'all make sure y'all subscribe to Atlanta Falcons Nation. We're going to be trying to bring more interviews like that to the offseason. Um, I'm going to be in so, so many people's DMs now that the um, Super Bowl is over with. They ain't got no obligation, so you never know who we're going to have next, and we might have one of these individuals on the show for that interview. So, look out. Um, I think we might do a draft night, and I think just um, Jay Rock said he might want to do something for tomorrow for the fans. We'll see how I feel about that. So we'll let y'all know about that because we we do want to do a show for the fans to come on and jump on and speak their piece about everything. Yeah, you know, it's been, so it's been it's been a month. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while for it. So if anybody else want to hop on for that, I'll let y'all know when it's going to be. But we always open a stream to our fans to kind of speak their piece. We sit back and let y'all speak. So. I'm thinking that we might end up doing that um, tomorrow. We'll let you know how that goes. But until the next time, people, go ahead and watch BET Uncut. <laughs> oh, hey, w- one more thing. One more thing. This is something new I added last week. If you guys are in the Discord and you guys had a question or want to ask us questions, there is a Ask AFN tab in the Discord now. If you guys oh, didn't notice. Perfect. Ask AFN. It's under the Dirty Bird Talk category. You can ask us questions. Anything. Okay. I didn't even notice that. Okay. okay. That's all. All right, then. Yeah, I well, didn't tell me, and I just forgot about it. So he didn't <laughs> tell me. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I, no, yeah. Well, while you were gone, Miss Maggie T, me and Mike was. Uh, oh, yeah. Miss Maggie yeah. was flying out for other shows yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. I'm doing my celebrity thing lately. That was fun. That was fun. Hopefully to have, you know, all these other players come on and, you know, sit with us live. I'm really trying to get a studio together in the near future where we can all come together for a show. That's that's my future goal. Definitely. I think that if we can be all in the same building, that would be epic. Or we can go to New York and visit Rich and Magnus as well. So you never know what we're going to do. Never know what we're gonna do, but let's go ahead and um go ahead and fall on off. Let y'all have y'all Saturday afternoon back. I know it's some lovers in the house that gotta go ahead and get with the boot things for the weekend. If y'all see my profile picture, I hope y'all like my date on the profile picture. <laughs> you saw that, Matt Mike. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I loved it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my date for the weekend. Like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Go check out uh, my Instagram or Facebook. I showed my boot thing on there. So let y'all know what I'm doing for the weekend. Hey, man, just follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, man. Like I said, we, we, it could go more than willing. (laughs) Yeah. We just just be tripping. So, right, man, let's get up out of here. Get up out of here and go watch that mock draft that Big Low had put on. That was a big one. That was a big one. But on that note, we out of here, people. Peace. Hey, Asia, you back? Well, we leaving, though. So. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, Asia. I'm sorry, Miss Maggie. Was no, she was She was here earlier, though. Yeah, I, I know. I just played with Asia. I just played with Asia. She know I'm just joking. <laughs> Love you, girl. All right, people. We're going to go get out of here because I got to go eat. Out. You ain't got to go home. But you got to get the hell out of here. Because I'm just K-Styles. And I said so, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, y'all. We getting up out of here. Appreciate it. Angel, you crazy, girl.